0: You're listening to Pop Culture Fanatics, a podcast for the crazy fan in you. on everybody and welcome to another great edition of pop five brought to you by pop culture fanatics the only podcast for the fan and the fanatic inside of you i'm your host of the evening val cisco and of course i have two co-hosts with me tonight all the way from anxiety and i jacob how you doing bro hey 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 doing good
1: man glad to be back on yes man
0: and then of course my brother from another mother the swat cat himself mr <laughs> jay rance how you doing
2: I'm chilling, brother. So I'm assuming I'm the fat cat. Like, there was- no, there was a
0: smart one, too. You could be the smart one. I'm good, though. And today, guys, we're yeah. going to be talking about top five best cartoons out of the 90s you know something that's very near and dear to us because of course we're all 90s kids in a way we all grew up in the 90s and look looking at the animation that came out of there to me in my opinion that's some of the best animation that we've ever seen in our lives i know people from the 80s are gonna be like oh you know the transformers and the captain planets and shit like that but to me i think there was a wealth of of content that we were just seeing on a daily basis that has had us captivated and you know what i want to kind of narrow down to five and see what made us kind of stay up in the morning and be like you know what i gotta rub my eyes at 7 a.m to watch some cartoons Ooh. guys how do you feel about some animation jay you like how what's your experience with animation growing up
2: uh it was just very like you said um uh, I'm always gonna use the word heartwarming because those are some like some of my favorite memories. But it was just awesome, like you said that you know the '80s had their good cartoons, which I love Transformers because my brother put me onto that. But I don't know, like it, around the '90s, like we just saw an explosion of just different varieties, different subject matter being touched. Even you know discreetly, you still caught some of the puns and the jokes. But it was just something for you just to this subject matter for everybody to dig their teeth into, and like you said, it's, I just have so many memories either. Going to sleep late or around eleven, trying to catch something, or waking up in the morning, eat my breakfast, you know, watching the Pokemon or whatever and stuff like that before Pokemon. Yeah, mummy alive. So I mean, it's just great memories, man. But it was just something for everybody at that time to sink their teeth into.
0: Yeah, man. Like um, in the nineties, we saw a boom of different writers and artists come out of like the Disney atmosphere. Everybody that was working for Disney at the time that was you know, going through the renaissance essentially from like late 80s to the 90s, kind of went in their own direction and decided to do different forms of animation. A little bit cruder, a little bit ruder, sometimes with a little bit of an edge. And there's, you know, that's a good and bad thing. Sometimes in the 90s, we had our great cartoons, but then it was like extreme this and extreme that, and extreme Ghostbusters, and extreme Spider-Man and shit like that. So it had its ups and downs. Jake, what about you? Um, product of the 90s, um, how was animation for you growing up?
1: uh man i I gotta say that um animation for me was everything uh i I can't even begin to you know go on about how cartoons like really besides gaming like cartoons was like another escape for me it was another world that um that to this day brings nostalgia you know some of the best memories I've ever had, some of the best escapes I've ever had and you know seeing the different colors, seeing the different uh movement and and you know the uh, voice acting and the um energy that came with some of these cartoons you know whether it was something funny something scary something uh dramatic you know it, it it just all came together for uh some of the best 30 minutes of your life right there for for that episode that week
0: you know just waiting for the next so I'm all about cartoons. Yeah, man. Um, You know, animation, it could be dated all the way back to the 1930s or whatnot. If you're looking at original Mickey Mouse uh, cartoons with Steamboat Willie and gradually going from Hanna-Barbera to what we see now with these days of Adventure Time and the amazing world of Gumball. it's, It's amazing how animation has grown leaps and bounds, not just for children. But for adults as well, too, and sometimes even in children's cartoons, we definitely get to see that that sarcasm and those hidden Easter eggs. And I felt like that really did start in the 90s. We got to see those little Easter eggs kind of branch out. I know this is not going to be on anybody's list, so that's why I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. There was an animation called Two Stupid Dogs that came out in the, the early <laughs> 90s as well, too. And it was very ridiculous and very out there, but it had a lot of... Uh, Uh, Subtext that you can deep dive into with like um, the homeless and um, being abandoned and and wanting love and whatnot. But that was just a subtext from the kids point of view, you're looking at it. You're like, oh, these are just dumb dogs running into fire hydrants and shit like that. But if you look at it from an adult's point of view, because I revisited it, I was like, huh, they're actually talking about, you know. Someone being abandoned and having psychological issues from being uh, from being abandoned. I know, Jay, you're really partial to pets. And so so are you, Jacob, as well, too, when you see things um, such as abandoned dogs and cats in the street or whatnot. That resonates to me now that I have a rescue dog. So it was just cool to see that go in full circle. But let's get into it, guys. Um, I want to go a little different this time. I know the last couple of pop fives, I let both of you guys start before. I'm going to go ahead and take the reins for this one right here and kind of introduce this pot five right now and nope, see what your nope, reactions are.
2: Nope, nope. I'm done. I'm not with it. I want to go first.
0: <laughs> Rock, <laughs> paper, scissors.
2: <laughs>
3: Russian
0: roulette. <laughs> 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 but yeah um this is gonna be very near and dear to me right now because a lot of my picks right now like Mm -hmm. i want to set the bar right now for everybody that is listening this is not like the overwhelming best cartoon of the century or the decade this is not the most important cartoon to come out of the history books whatsoever so if it's not your pick don't be offended these are our personal fix picks and what resonates to us so I'll start off with my number five right here. My number five starts off in, of course, a dystopian future, a future where it's just basically no human being is even around anymore whatsoever. And a lot of times uh, people get the misconception this is an actual, that it was an actual prequel. If anything, this is a sequel to an 80s cartoon. This is Beast Wars Transformers. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is going to
1: make you less. I
2: apologize for just like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I, I gotta say, like, yes, um, the animation is a little crude and maybe it does not translate well to 2020 right now. But from what it was, you know, going back into the to, to, to the age of you know 1996, you're you're seeing just a, a different version of, of animation at that time. That shell 3D kind of graphics that those 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 polygons that were popping out of the screen, everything was trying to look like a Nintendo sixty-four game or a PlayStation game. And Beast Wars kind of gave that that animation aspect. But what was really cool about Beast Wars to me and a lot of people too, because I feel like there's a cult following for Beast Wars more than there is for the actual '80s Transformers movies or cartoons. It's because of the fact that the storytelling was so great. Every character had a plot. Every character had a motive. Um, you know, there were secret societies that were happening with you know the Predacons and the the Maximals and whatnot. And as, as stupid as that sounds. It, it, it was just very much in-depth storytelling, you know, losing one's memory, trying to regain someone's memory again, you know, relationships being built, bonds being broken. And I felt like the the in-depth storytelling was a little bit more intricate to me because in Transformers, as much as it's very iconic, I kind of feel like if you watch it right now, 50-50, some of them are interesting. The rest are pretty boring. They're very much paint by numbers. Beast Wars never was boring to me. Anybody's opinions on that? Uh. I never saw it so I don't know much to say on this
1: one
2: no I I, I agree it was just very something completely different because for that time you can can tell and if you look it up it was just made off a computer you know so the graphics were just very different for something that you saw on TV and the Mm -hmm. fact that you know was still Transformers. Like I said, I always hold Transformers near and dear to my heart because of my brother. Um, it, it was cool, you know, just to deep dive into something different. It, it lets you nerd out, like you said, the Maximals and the Predacons and stuff. Like, you know, we, we know these are the descendants of Autobots and Decepticons and things like that. And we just saw, um, you know, very very different, you know, because how um, I forgot who it was, you know, they were either car or boombox or something or different different stuff. Now we're seeing them as, you know, animals and stuff. So it was it was pretty cool. And I remember watching it growing up. I don't know if it was during the afternoon hours or in the morning hours, and stuff like that, but, I mean, it still sticks out to me because the characters were very different. I know you had a, was it Eradicate, right?
0: Radicate was awesome, and to me, yeah. personally, like, I know everybody loves to see Megatron as, like, the fucking gun with a tank and the original Transformers. Yeah. To me, this was my Megatron growing up. Like, this right here as a fucking purple T-Rex, I'm happy with that right now. Like, terrorizing people. Mm-hmm. That was their thing, too, was, like, Predacons terrorize. I loved it. He was ripping people's <laughs> flesh off. It was fantastic. I love Maybe it. Maybe Optimus Prime was a little underwhelming.
2: What? I I well I mean that's just me because I love uh gorillas. So Optimus Primal and just seeing him into like the whole gorilla form, it was it was fucking phenomenal. I would just like get ecstatic. <laughs> like so I was just like I loved it. I loved it. That did no wrong for me, man. I think I think it was pretty cool because at that time, you know, usually those were like the two animals that, you know, you had Primal Rage. I don't know what time Primal Rage came out, but I know Primal Rage was like gorilla and dinosaurs and stuff, and I think they were debated back then, like you know how you got who would win a fight, a grizzly bear or a gorilla, you know what I'm saying? So,
0: but I don't know.
2: Enjoy it. I'm <laughs> I,
0: I, I kind of want to see that match right now. I'm horrible. Peter, don't go get me. But um, yeah, honestly, this was like me. To, this is my quintessential Transformers cartoon. Like, I, I respect the originals from the 80s, but I don't know. From the storytelling aspect and from the stakes that were so high, yeah. the fact that all these are descendants from the Autobots and Decepticons. I found that pretty interesting as well, too. They could have made a prequel, and they could have went to the past and um, talked to the lights of Grimlock and all the prehistoric Transformers Mm -hmm. that happened, but they did something totally different. They respected the past and went into the future and kind of gave us, I don't know, just something alternate to fall in love with. And, yeah, that's why I love it, man. Jake, I wish you would talk about it.
1: (laughs) Uh, No, I was going to say one thing. um, I looked it up, and like i i'm surprised at how many of these toys i had and i had no idea where they were from <laughs> like i always knew like, like like i'm looking at Cheetor right now right and i'm like bro i had this fucking toy like how did i not know where the fuck this was from i thought it was just something cool Ooh. like this, <laughs> i'm like right oh, now man it's it's insane and yeah this this animation is like wow <laughs> like this is holy totally, totally. It, it, it kind of reminds me of that new that newer cartoon called yeah. Ryoko. I think uh, like it has that same kind of um, animation. It's wild.
2: Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Jay. Uh, oh no, what was what was the um, the character spider name? Because I'm terrible with names. Wasn't it like
1: Black Arachnea
0: or something like that or whatever? There's like so many of them. There was that one. I think there's Insecticon as well too, mm-hmm. or Arachnicon or whatnot. Yeah. And the Autobots. Uh, I'm sorry. The the the, the, the Uh, the Predacons had such a diverse cast as well, too. Um, But what I loved about it was, like, the will-they-won't-they with Dinobot. And I felt like that was, like, the actual, um, like secret uh, agent that was playing both sides of the field and i love the fact that you know for for a show that went on for many seasons they always played that will he won't days you mm. know will he turn on the maximals will he turn on the predacons and they led that to his ultimate de- demise toward the end so spoiler alert for a show that's about 25 years old but yeah they um they played that pretty well for storytelling
2: spoiler alert spoiler alert <laughs> so yeah jake what's, what's your number five <laughs>
1: Oh, you oh, got yeah. me. Okay. <laughs> um so my number 5 um actually comes straight from the great world of Nickelodeon at that time. Um and this is a cartoon that I used to watch with uh, my my not not well one of my older brothers and um this is one that like at the time like I knew like I even though it was on Nickelodeon, I felt like it was for an adult because it just, just because of the animation. And like, even me at that, at that age, I knew like, wow, these jokes are like, these are not kid jokes, you know? Because I was watching Arthur as soon as I came back home from school, you know what I mean? So watching Arthur and then watching this was like two <laughs> totally different worlds. And I felt like such an older kid watching this. But um, uh, Rocco's Modern Life has always been one of my favorite, favorite 90s parties. Like when you think 90s, you think like Rocko's Modern Life automatically comes to mind because of its colors, because of its design, and because 90s cartoons uh, had a lot of had a lot of vulgarness to it, you know, whether it was the animation itself or just the jokes, and it had a way of mimicking life. And I think this is why I liked it, because the way that it made fun of life um, by over-exaggerating everything, like kind of helped me kind of envision you know like what's ahead because yes it was over exaggerated but now as an adult I'm watching this and I'm like it really wasn't too exaggerated you know what I mean just the colors and the animation make it seem like it um but also you know it it was also the bond of the friendship between Rocco Heffer and um Sheldon you know like they were really close and you could tell like they were the nerds they were geeks you know they were definitely outcasts but they were very 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 close together and through all the wild shit that they went through um you know they always tended to stick together so um it was it was it was such anyone who hasn't seen it i mean you can get a taste of it by watching um the Rocco's movie on um uh on netflix which i thought was really ingenious i finally took the time to watch it i absolutely adored it it was always so ahead of its time uh, you know, very uh, very welcoming for anyone who might be different. It, it was definitely one of those um, but um, I also love how the movie itself was like basically continued right after the last episode that aired on Nickelodeon, so like it was almost like you're just jumping right back. Um, huge fan of that cartoon, I, I adored it. I was lucky enough to catch many episodes uh well i had a channel on it on my dish so i have a ton of it on my dvr that i watch every now and then
2: oh. you want to take it well no go for it, bro no go ahead bro be my guest mm.
0: so i love rock was modern, <laughs> modern life um it didn't make my list I, I wouldn't even say it makes an honorable mention for a couple of reasons i do love the animation i love how crude it is uh it's very heavily um, into pop culture where it comes to like Rocco working at a comic book shop and there's you know video cassette places and whatnot and you know malls and things of that nature and the oversaturation of buying things and TV shows and, and things of that nature. Like I love that right there. The consumerism. It's it's all in Rocco's modern life. But and the only reason why it doesn't make any of my lists right now it's and I'm I'm all about being offensive as much as possible but they really play heavily on stereotypes. (laughs) Like stereotypes are really hit heavy on this one. Heifer is a fat cow. Okay. (laughs) He's a fat guy that likes to eat. Sheldon is a Jewish turtle. Oh my God. Oh my God. I got to save every penny for this Rocco. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. And Rocco is an Australian short wallaby. This is like, uh, like I get it. Like, uh, like, they're 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 it's, it's some of them are, it's, it's metaphors. But even look at the big heads. Big heads are just like these angry people. Your angry next door neighbors that just are pissed off all the time, having a failing marriage, and they're blaming it on everybody else. If anything, the, are they the big heads or the fat heads? I think they're the big heads, right? Fat heads. Fats. Okay, fat heads. I, I think they're the probably the most realistic characters on that show because they could speak to '90s families at that time. You know, they're almost like a mirror image of. Um, of um was it a love and marriage married with children mm-hmm. they're almost like that right there of that that 90s household right there but um i just feel like everything else is a little too heavy toned for like you know fat jokes for heifer and i feel like with, even with heifer he never got his comeuppance like he never had a moment where he's like yay heifer like you go heifer for being awesome it was like well you're a fat piece of shit and you should accept it um so like i wish they would have deep uh, you know dive deeper into like a little bit more like heroism for these characters if anything i always felt like they always fell short uh, i think the only character that i love the most in that though is my man what's his name spunky the dog
2: oh, yeah the dog yeah. dude <laughs> had
0: like turkey legs as fucking legs and it was the best thing in the world
2: Damn, done. <laughs> oh that was great bro um for you to say that Rocco doesn't make your honorable mentions as a 90 cartoon, that's that's hurtful, bro. Like I know. Uh man, yeah, that's that's crazy. But um I'm 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 all I'm all for, for Rocco. Like, so I'm going have to side with Jake. Um Rocco's great. I was heavy into the um Nickelodeon, you know, so this is uh I, I love this pick. And like you said, it was just I mean, it was very crude and very Groundbreaking in a way, because you know, we saw the 80s, and like you said in the beginning, where we saw a lot of subject matter being touched, and we saw that with Rocco. You get what I'm saying? So, we saw some of the stuff that were going on. You know, I mean, was it crude? Yeah, was it funny? Hell yeah, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Oh, but, yeah, like,
3: definitely
2: um, funny. Um, I don't know, I think that's what made it stand out to me. That it was just so different. You know, it wasn't your typical, you know, um, I'm trying to remember the cartoon, but I don't know. Um, very you know peaches and cream and eh, like from the 80s i forgot i think it's like this yeah. little redhead girl i forgot the cartoon but um you know it was just very different so that's why i enjoyed it and like you said you know you had um Phil- philbert was the turtle oh
0: Phil- uh, right? no sheldon
2: sheldon he he was great bro sheldon. he would just make me laugh and he was just like super neurotic and stuff so i mean overall it was a great show was, was it, it? yeah that's what i'm saying Phil- i think i don't even remember um, but no, Someone's it, screaming
0: it's... right now, like, oh, god damn it! Let me check, yeah. Uh, <laughs> let me check real
2: quick, yeah, probably. Um.
0: While you're checking on that one, no, I got your back. If you were a product of, like, the 70s and 80s, and you were used to, like, Hannah Barbera's, like, Scooby-Doo, or fucking the Herculoids and shit like that, <laughs> this is not the fucking cartoon for you. Like, you were probably getting offended every second. And I'm all for one for Raji comedy. I am. I'm very much so. I just felt like, to me, I want my characters to like grow just a little bit more or at least uh to, to win every once in a while i feel like the only person that won was maybe rocco and when he won he was being a jerk i remember specifically an episode where like is it that um heifer moves in he's like having parties all over the time with rocco it's, it's, it's yeah oh yeah yeah. So I remember Hef- you know, Heffer's having this huge party for Rocco and whatnot, and he's going like mm-hmm. all nights and just going to town. And the episode kind of ends with like Rocco just kicking everybody out, cursing them out and stuff like that. So I'm like, yay, you are standing up for yourself, but he kind of did it in a jerky manner. So I'm like, mm, I-, I wanted a little bit more <laughs> depth for characters, but it's great animation. It's from a boom period where people were experimenting and doing different mm-hmm. things and trying to connect with different variables and whatnot. So I respect it for that, yes. Holy yeah,
2: no, yeah, nah, it, it was great. It was yeah, I, I think it was like like you said at that time they were just like, you know, trying to see what sticks. And to me, Rocco stuck, you get what I'm saying? So I, I love Rocco. I still haven't seen the movie on Netflix, but I'm gonna definitely have to check it out now, you know, thanks to Jake. So but I don't know, Rocco's a great pick, bro. Honestly, I love it.
1: Thank you. I'm glad somebody. You know. Oh. Sorry
3: that I didn't watch fucking
2: Eastwood, but God forbid I get it. Right. Oh the (laughs)
0: god. All right, Jay. Let's hear your number five.
2: My number five. I don't know if it's gonna make anybody's list, but um, my number five. It's very, 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 very. I think it's probably the thing that got me. I'm trying to go back, and it's probably the first uh interaction that i have with like comic books superheroes anything of that nature i may have had it in the past but this really fucking hooked me and addicted me to the whole superhero and stuff and i even had not too long ago the the ringtone the opening theme is a the ringtone and that has to be x-men bro mm-hmm. honestly like x-men original series yeah the animated series is i would put this higher but um there are more sentimental ones in the list but i have to go with x-men And like i said i think this was very um my first interaction with comic books superhero of that nature and i felt that uh, for what it was at that time you know we're growing up little kids you know whatever we're dealing with you know we want to have superpowers things of that nature who didn't want to shoot freaking laser beams out their eyes like cyclops and stuff like that and who didn't walk around when they were young with pencils in their hands like wolverine and stuff like that so do you know what i'm saying so to me it was just very uh, a great part of my childhood and then you know uh, to piggyback off of Rocco, um, looking back at it now, like you said, it touches a lot of subject matter, you know, with with divorce, Christianity, you know, nightcrawlers and things of that nature. Um, what else? Um, I don't know if there was a subject that they touched. Well, um, it wasn't really per se like AIDS or whatever, but it just kind of hinted things like that of that nature. And it was just very, you know, at that time, you know, growing up, you know, you always had, that, that kid that didn't fit in, you know, so you could just go home or whatever and be like, it's okay, I don't fit in with you guys, but, you know, X-Men understand me, look at Jubilee, she shoots sparklers out of her hands, you know, she's accepted in the group, you get what I'm saying? Look at Beast, he's hairy and stuff, but, you know, she's So it kind of gave you that little acceptance as well, that no matter how weird you are or how different you are, you can still be accepted in love, you get what I'm saying? So to me, I, I would have to say X-Men is one of my favorite 90s cartoons. Bro. I don't know how you guys feel about it.
1: Go ahead, jake Can I? Yes. Okay. So, first, let me just say how hard, like, this is probably one of the hardest pop <laughs> fives I've ever had to do. Like, going through the list in my head, and then I had to visually see, like, all right, what was going on in the 90s. I was like, God damn. Like, I don't think I'm going to be able to do this because there's so many. Unfortunately, X Men did not make my top five. They almost got there. It- almost got there it almost did so much like i wanted to put it in so bad but there was just oh. so much good shit happening but anyway the thing is i got to mm-hmm. i didn't go yeah. up with it you know what i mean like it was there as i was you know getting to that uh, uh i've always had like an ADD or whatever mm-hmm. ADHD, but like to where i was able to sit down and watch this like i remember sunday morning barbaco and big red <laughs> in texas That was our and X Men, and so that's what we were, you know, that's what we were doing. But um, I think anybody who's ever enjoyed X Men like were the outcasts because they knew they understand that's what that's what always made the X Men stand out. Even to me, my character has always been Gambit. Gambit, I think, (laughs) can kick anybody's ass. I, you know, we'll start the debate, but he could fuck y'all. Gambit's the best. He'll take that staff and just smash everybody with it anyway but the reason why i always liked him because he always played mm-hmm. by his own rules and you know that's who he was and you know of course you had to divide which was dividing real life where you know you had the outcast, you know the people who you knew were being um you know victims of uh, mm-hmm. uh racism inequality stuff like that so you had the people that are like you know we need to educate you know, we need to, you know, basically mend this bridge. And then you had the other people that were like this wild and like, no, like we need to fight fire with fire. And then, you know, people like Gambit, even though he played both sides, I mean, he stood out because he was like, I am who I am. I play by my own rules. I know, you know, this is me. And then that's just it. That's what I always admired about him. So like, he was definitely someone for me to look up to, whether that was like a good <laughs> choice, a good idol to follow. Uh, you know that's that's based on opinion, um, but yeah, man. Like anyone who I I, I will say this with the most almost honest. I think anyone who's ever been a huge fan of X Men is because they understand what the X Men stand for. Not just the X Men themselves, but just the mm-hmm. idea of the mutants. You know, uh, they are those outcasts. Those are the ones who you know. Um, are always different, and they are looked at as different, you know, like people point and laugh and stare and make mm-hmm. them feel different, so these people basically, you know, trying to learn that gift, oh, God, I can just go on, this is such a great take. <laughs> yeah, you know? Thank you, thank you, no, I,
2: I agree, <laughs> I agree with you a thousand percent, you know, and if Gambit, you stuck to him as a role model, that's fucking awesome, because you probably are going to laugh at mine, but the one that really stuck out stood out to me when I used to watch this was Beast, you know what I'm saying, because Beast, I mean, they were all different. They all had their, you know, different things to make them stand out. But to me, Beast was the one that couldn't really seem normal or hide any of his physical, you know, appearance or whatever. So to me, it stood out Beast. Like, I was like, okay, so for whoever doesn't know, just tuned in for the first time or have tuned in, you know, I'm a guy that has, you know, one arm. Like, I have enough for a left arm. So to me, that stood out. Like, hey, bro, you know, this guy, you know, I gravitated to him because he can't hide this shit like at me, you know. Yeah, I could put it in a sleeve or whatever, or a hoodie, and, but it was still, you would see you would see the discrepancy, like, okay, wait, there's something wrong there, Why, right? You know, so to me it was, you know, Beast that stood out to me, honestly. So I, I agree with you a thousand percent, and that's what X-Men stand for, for whoever's felt um, alienated, lonely, uh, persecuted, because even talk about the Holocaust with Magneto, Um this this is your show, so that's why people gravitated to it. Honestly, that's why I gravitated to it. How do you feel about?
0: So I have a lot to say about this, but <laughs> first things first, and this is not because we were to do the show whatsoever. This came out of blue last night, but mm-hmm. somehow, some way, I found myself watching YouTube at like two in the morning, and I found my way to finding oh, it's the Juggernaut Vint short that that the, the original <laughs> youtube video from like 20 years ago <laughs> I mean, okay. and literally is the funniest thing in the world it's not for the faint of heart right now in this generation like in 2020 there's a subject matter in there that probably would make people cringe but mm-hmm. still nonetheless funny as hell that being said um it's not my in my top five and i want it to be there's a couple reasons why but like I love this cartoon. I love the fact that it is a mirror image of Jim Lee's art style from the 1990s from X-Men blue and gold. Um, you're getting the iconic, um, costumes as well too. And they look so beautiful and vibrant. Like this is the shiniest I've ever seen an X-Men cartoon in my whole entire life. Like every person looks like they're glistening in the sun, Cyclops, Wolverine, Jubilee, Storm. They all look iconic. um, uh, I love the storytelling as well, too. They, they kind of mirror the comic books as well, too, for some of the main stories. X-Men, if anybody knows me, I, I love the X-Men. They're my favorite comic comic franchise of all time. Uh, like Jake said, like you said as well, too, that, you know, they, they talk about different subject matters, from racism to, you know, uh, being handicapped to um, sexism um, and different uh, different uh, forms of prejudice in, inside the world. Um homelessness or just being abandoned as well, too. You even see that from the first episode with Jubilee, where her parents are basically out her, saying that, well, she's a mutant. You know, you have a guy out there who can shoot fire out of his hands. She's doing sparks, but you never know what can happen, so let's kick her out. And you see that drama right there. I love X-Men, the M.A. series. Even the theme song is so iconic. Like, even that's so iconic. Um only things that probably just didn't make my list is that they didn't take enough risks for the cartoon. I think they tried their best to make it just like the comic book, and I think it it was to their detriment a little bit, because they never went outside the box to do their own thing. They relied on too much source material to make it pitch perfect, and you really cannot... You know, do like, what, 60 years of comics into one cartoon into like, what, 10 episodes right there and try mm-hmm. to cherry pick different stories. whatnot. This is not going to flow right. I remember they did the Dark Phoenix saga like out of nowhere, like, boom, here it is, guys, rock and roll. And it's great to see Jean Grey in that ultimate Phoenix outfit and whatnot and to see the heartbreak with Scott and Wolverine. They played that relationship pretty well. But I feel like. In my opinion, I'll get a lot of heat for this because I don't like the artwork for this cartoon. But I think the storytelling from X-Men Evolution was a little bit better because they were allowed to take certain risks out there. They allowed to play with the Brotherhood. They allowed to play, uh, play with Rogue a little bit more and the will-they-won't-they they aspects of things. And um, by far, I think that the original X-Men anime series from the 90s is a better show. I think the storytelling was a little better in X-Men Evolution. In my opinion, this is just me. I'll get heat for this too. I don't think they have made a perfect X-Men cartoon. I just don't think they know how to capitalize on the subject matter for a cartoon just yet. I think they're scared to talk about homosexuality, to talk about racism, like the comic does. And even though the comic doesn't blatantly tell you in your face, the subtext is there. And mm-hmm. I think they did it in the 90s cartoon enough, but they 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 just didn't hammer it in. And I understand why. It was more you know, catered to children. But I just I want that cartoon to come out or that animation to come out where it really just deep dives into like what's fucked up about being a mutant, how this concentration camps, how this genocide, how Magneto, Magneto's a fucking Hitler that you could understand in a way if that makes sense. And um, I'm just very passionate about the X Men, but I love this show. It really almost made my top five right there. I had to bump it down because there's a couple of shows that I love the most besides this, but. Ooh, if this was like a top ten, X Men would have been there, bro. I love this sh- series.
2: I, 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 this is where I make my swift exit out this podcast. I am so done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Not even.
1: <laughs> I know, but but it was it was the same for me though. Because because there's just so many more cartoons that I like more than this one. And to be honest, though, like my mm. X Men that I grew up watching was X Men Evolution. I loved X Men Evolution. Mm. It was a little bit more cartoony as far as the animation goes but like it did have like uh, i guess because they portrayed them more as kids um you know i was able to kind of grasp it more and uh god i love that cartoon so much the uh, x-men evolution i thought it was if I it was if, fantastic if i hear
2: one of y'all put movies. like some courage cowardly dog bullshit <laughs> <at> that, <bro. laughs> or, or anything like that over x-men bro i'm telling y'all <laughs> <laughs>
0: no bro but I gotta tell you like X-Men everything about that like when when it came out on Fox Mm -hmm. it was a banger like this was something you would not miss and if anything I like the later seasons of X-Men because in those later seasons this is when we were having the booms like Iron Man, Hulk, Silver Surfer cartoons were coming Mm -hmm. out you know Fantastic Four so they were integrating those characters little by little and that's when I started really falling in love with him. Like, oh, cool. We get to play with things like Captain America. They did a great storyline with Wolverine in World War II, um, who's buddying with Captain America. And I found that very interesting as well, too deep diving into Wolverine's past and whatnot. Yeah. So little things like that really had me going. Even there was a crossover with Spider-Man where mm-hmm. they were arguing if his um, validity of being a mutant or not. Like, are you a mutant because you got bit or are you a mutant because you were born with these powers? So even with that, like, there's like a subtext of like racism within yeah. a race. So exactly. I, I found that very interesting as well too. So I love X Men, bro. Like I, I'm not I'm not shitting on it by any means uh, necessary. Um, I just think that I wanted them to go ahead and. Take more risks. I'm, not, I'm, I'm asking too much for a cartoon at that point. I understand
2: that. I'm, I was just messing with y'all. Like, I mean, yeah, <laughs> not, I
0: have courage and stuff like that. Yeah. My number one is Johnny Bravo. Oh.
2: <laughs> well, I, I, yo, if y'all put the tick, I'm done with y'all. <laughs> you
0: leave the tick alone. The tick is a hot commodity to today. <laughs> Let me stop. I'm
2: playing. I'm messing with y'all.
0: <laughs> Well, I'll go ahead and put my number four right now. It's the tick. No. Um, <laughs> nah. um, to go and on one, one more time, bro. Great picks, guys, so far. I think we, we got Definitely. a good conversation going. And I like the debates. I think that's the best part of these conversations, to have these debates. Oh. Um, I,
2: I agree. That's why I love this, man. Sorry for cutting you off. Like like the Star Wars one, yeah. i bro, probably, like, my favorite fucking podcast to date that we've been <laughs> on And this is turning out great as well.
0: Yeah, man. So, this number four, this is a little safe in my opinion. I can understand why. But it resonated to me in a different way because you got the city environment, you're hanging out with your boys, and you're you're dealing with, like, elementary school high school bullshit that that's pretty normal that you yourself can deal with that you know somebody else is dealing with you're dealing with homelessness you're dealing with being a little bit poor and underprivileged and what to the people that are actually privileged it's basically a slice of humble pie for anybody that's lived in an urban environment and my number four is hey arnold i love hey arnold um i think this show right here it speaks volumes to me because that city environment of of not having that much, but having your friends. And I, I I know me and Jake, you know, from half a decade so far, we've been pretty good, awesome friends, best friends so far. Jay, we've been like best friends since like fucking, mm-hmm. uh, I want to say seven, eight years old right yeah. there. So we experienced that, hey, Arnold life, like going out there and having like a two bucks to your name and getting like an Arizona iced tea and taking a walk <laughs> somewhere just... Bitching and complaining about life, seeing the homeless people on the streets and giving them your last dollar. And I, I just think that this show speaks volumes to like people like Stoop Kid or, or, or you know, personal uh, stories, uh, Pigeon Man and whatnot, and how um, his story was of being a homeless person, but being. Um, rich in life and spirit. Um, You know, the will they, won't they with Helga and, you know, having that crush that's always mean to you. That's such, like, a, a elementary thing right there. And it, it resonates to everybody. You know, the, the schoolyard, baseball, the Mickey Mantle rip- rip-off that they had in there. <laughs> um, which was fantastic. Yeah. And The fact that he was, like, an alcoholic, but no one wanted to admit it in the show yeah. was fantastic <laughs> as well, too. I don't care what anybody says, but you he got Hey Arnold's like, hey... It's okay, bro. <laughs> You're good. <laughs> um, just everything that, that that episode when Arnold goes to um, the aquarium and frees a sea turtle because that sh- motherfucker is you know depressed and shit like that. That was great. Hey, Arnold, going to like the mean streets, like to the ghetto with their Halloween outfits and they're about to get shanked mm-hmm. by five people. <laughs> like these are real things that are happening, you know. And I don't know. It just it, 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 it's it, and another thing too. Diversity. Diversity was great. And as much as I, I would have loved, you know, um, Gerald to be like the main character at that time, because I felt like Gerald had a lot going on for him, um, just to have him side by side with Arnold, it didn't really, even though the show was called Hey Arnold, I felt like the cast overshadowed Arnold. There was so many people out there that, that Gerald, Helga, um, Oh, I forget the little ginger kid that keeps on fucking getting like run over. <laughs> He's hilarious as well too. <laughs> like, like I'm okay. <laughs> like uh, the grandpa and grandmother, how they were so like l- you know lunatics in a way, but mm-hmm. they always knew how to give the best advice. Um, and once again, just not having that much, and I could see that in my life because I didn't have a lot when I was growing up. You know, like I, we we spoke about a lot of podcasts. I had like a bootleg PlayStation that could only play bootleg games <laughs> and stuff like that. And I'm, you know, a slice of humble pie growing up because I was very fortunate whenever I got something that meant something more, like, I I held dear to it. Like, it was something more to me. Like, when I got a Game Boy Color for the first time, I thought that was a bee's knees. I thought life couldn't ever get better right there. So, like, this show kind of represented that right there. You had baseball, pro wrestling. You had father-daughter connections. You had, you know, loss of parents. You know, oh, there's... epic episode uh what's what's his name i know you know it jake um his name is mr lee the tenant that lives and just to see how um how that story unraveled on christmas where his daughter i think it was in vietnam where they were going through the vietnam war and how he risked his own daughter to go with the americans so she could have a better life while he stood there and to track his daughter down like What eighteen years later, twenty years later, bro, that episode made me cry at twelve years old. Like that right there was just so deep, rich storytelling. And you get your silliness as well too. So I don't know, man. Like I love he arnold.
2: (laughs)
1: Or just chime in. Okay. Well, I'm gonna say I have to share the spotlight with you though, because this is also my number four, bro. Like you fucking nailed it. Like uh So, so, but, but that's because uh, you hit everything so right on, man. It, 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 like, the the thing that resonated to me, too, most of everything is because, you know, like, out from the gate, you know, you're, you're just, you know, you're, you're educated that this kid lost, like, he doesn't have his parents, you know, they did whatever they did, you know, they're gone. And so, you know, he's living with his grandma and his grandpa. And of course, you know, I grew up, my, my grandmother was my mother. So, you know, that automatically you know, like resonated with me. And it's just like, it was one of those um, cartoons that didn't go over the top. You know what I mean? It wasn't exaggerated. I mean, there were some things that were exaggerated, but for the most part, it kept it as real as possible. And that's what I loved about it. Um, hey, Arno, like I, I, I can just picture my room right now where it's like six o'clock, six o'clock it's getting dark. You know, there's like a little bit of sunlight outside and like my whole room was my dad's room actually It was just like filled with like the blue screen uh from when like hey Arnold ended and mm-hmm. playing that little jazz music you know um I-, I can just picture that you know I'm just lying or sitting there on my bed on the edge of the bed just, like taking in the episode that I just saw whether it was that depressing ass episode with, with uh Mr. Lee and um uh his daughter um and uh, also, I think one of my favorite episodes was the 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 garbage day one, where, where where they dumped all the kids in the trash can and they were trying to make it home. Like that 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 shit was like funny as fuck because yes, it was a little exaggerated, but that's the kind of shit that you always kind of wanted as a kid. You know what I mean? Um, and you know, I think that they did right with Arnold. I mean, yes, you know, he was the main character. You know, obviously, you know, the white kid, but at the same time, he never put himself. As like the main character either, he always shared the spotlight, and you know he never wanted to be the center of attention with anybody. There were plenty of episodes where a lot of the side characters um you know had their moment, had their story be told, and he was always just casually there as like the one kid that you can you know go to uh, whenever you needed advice or help or anything and he was always like probably the most loyal person, just like Gerald. Joel was like that kid that always stood by his back. Um, oh man, Eugene. I do the and the kid's name is Eugene. <laughs> like for <poor> Eugene, <laughs> what would trip me out about Eugene was like um, his fucking um, sandals, <laughs> like his socks and sandals. I was like, bro, this kid is nah. The kid was half Dominican. I don't care what anybody says. Um. <clears throat> You know, but even even the episode where, you know, I love, like, two of my favorite episodes, too, is the one where it's, like, so hot, um, and then the rain starts falling, and, you know, he's on the, like, everyone's just trying to stay cool, and um, the episode where, like, it snows, and so, like, everybody's just, like, out playing the snow, and I kind of want to get your guys' take on it, because, you know, that was, like, the kind of environment that you grew up on, so, like, you know, a lot of that shit I never would have got to experience because San Antonio was like not a big city like that. It wasn't an inner city. So I'd definitely love to hear your takes on, you know, um, the, the urban guess, environment, like the, uh, 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 the similarities, you know, to, you know, what was portrayed in the cartoon and what you actually, you know, grew up with. But God, this cartoon is just so Almost perfect in so many ways.
2: I have Um, nothing positive to say about this cartoon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, This this definitely would have made my list just for the simple fact, as you know, you guys said, this is basically your, you know, your little city slicker, your little urban environmental growing up as a child, like you related to this, you know, and like Val said. It, you know we could definitely relate to this because the first thing off the rip that i relate to is just chilling on the stoop that that was my thing i remember waking up you know um running to my window peeking out my window who's sitting at the stoop let me see
3: <laughs>
2: exactly like let me see yeah, at the exactly stoop that. real quick <laughs> and then i would be like oh, okay you know one of our boy Jeremy's there, blah, blah. Oh shit. And then you would see somebody coming up the block or down the block. All right, I'm about to get ready, get dressed, you know, whatever, do whatever I do, so I can go chill. And then just spending hours and upon hours just sitting there all day. Just honestly, that's what we would do, just all day chilling there. And then, you know, hey Arnold does it, you know, where you see these uh little adventures that they have and stuff like that, you know, just not to get too much into details, but you know, we would Dumb growing up in the Bronx, you know, we had little mischievous moments and stuff like that. We did things like that, that nature and stuff. And, you know, um, I don't know. It's great. It just really resonates with me. And that's why definitely this is an honorable mention for me. I couldn't have thrown it in my list because, you know, um, there's more that resonate with me, uh, you know, growing up. But I... I, I I fucking love this room, bro. I was uh, still to this day, I'm jealous of Arnold's room. I wish I had a fucking review. like.
3: I think everybody's <laughs> jealous of Arnold's room.
2: <laughs> I love this room. And, you know, from from tackling like, you know, superhero subject that we would talk about on the soup to, you know, that episode, I think it was the Friday the 13th episode. I don't know where the headless cabbie or something like that it was kind of like the headless. <laughs> like, bro, I mean, it, it's, it's great, though. And it resonates because, I mean, I grew up chilling on soups, you know, with Val. So this is what this is all about. And, I mean, it's a phenomenal pick, bro, honestly. I love it.
0: Yeah, man. Like, um... he's,
1: just, yep. he's just mad about X-Men, though. <laughs> That's why he put it on his honorable mentions. He's Word. like, oh, y'all guys have <laughs> a moment to share. <laughs> well,
0: Fuck you. <laughs> I, I will say, too, like, there's one thing that really hits home to me. I think it's just me personally that I, I like Helga's arc because I could definitely see... A lot of times, yeah, I think she's the most underrated character of the whole show. She's definitely the bully. She's the one that's picking on everyone. She's obsessive to Arnold as well, mm-hmm. too, making a fucking gum shrine yeah. of him. But you can see why she's a product of a of a broken home. Like her, her, her both of her parents are addicts. Yes. Her father's a workaholic, mm-hmm. and her mom's an alcoholic. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. She is buzzed up every <laughs> <Yep>. episode. <laughs> On the couch, Hell, go, what are oh, you doing? God. All right, bye. <laughs> um, and I love this episode. I I forgot what it was. It was an episode basically where where her father tried to be a dad for the first time, like an actual dad. And he's like, oh, I know what to do. I'm going to go ahead and take you to, yeah. to like a fucking like w- – no, it was like – what was it first? It was, exactly. it was like a ballerina show or like a Broadway show or something like that? She was. No, she, she, was, was she was. But he was like fucking it up all the, the time. And, mm-hmm. like... Yeah. And then, oh, like, yeah, he they, finally they, just yeah. gets it. They share this, like, <laughs> awesome wrestling moment together. Like, like it was, like, Bacchamini or something <laughs> like that. It was some bullshit like that. But, like, it was just... It, it resonated to me because, like, damn, like, I can understand that at that time, at that moment in my life, I felt like that in Broken Home, where my mom was going out there. Not not to put some of my personal stuff out there, but my mom was doing her thing at that age. My My dad was a musician, so he was all about work. So, a lot of times, it was just my boys.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And... I can understand mm-hmm. that you want mm-hmm. that affection from your parents, and then when that time comes, like, I remember specifically, um, you know, I didn't see my dad for, like, six months uh, at a time, and the time I did see him specifically was going to, like, a massive Square Garden wrestling show to see Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, so I think that episode hit me the, the most right there, because I was like, shit, I understand, like, like this mm-hmm. this show gets me, mm-hmm. so yeah, mm-hmm. um, great, great conversation. Yeah, and, and she's also, like, uh, uh
1: Under like, like she's yes. also living under her big sister's shadow all the time. They never called her by her name. Her mom was always like, "Oh, god you know." Like it, 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 it's sad, and you you know you definitely felt for her. So like even though she was a bitch to Arnold all the time, like it immediately showed where she was coming from. So like you you like any any hatred you felt towards her was just automatically gone. Um, even for that one big bitch Patty. Like you see, like you know, um, like she was supposed to be even like scarier than than Helga, but then you know you see her where she comes from, and you know
0: automatically you you kind yeah. of take. Everybody had so, a backstory. Mm-hmm. That's was the best part about uh-huh. Arnold. Everybody had a character mm-hmm. that an arc, an episode that focused on them. I think to me, that's like sometimes the best writing right there is when you can speak volumes to characters instead of one specific person. You know, if, if Captain America, if Captain Planet did yep. that, we wouldn't be fucking worrying about, like, how, how to get Captain Planet. We'd be worried yeah. about how my man Hart was going to get out of a situation where she had the most useless ring out of everybody. Yeah. Fuck that oh, kid.
2: But... He did nothing with that not her. That's the most powerful ring, brother. That's love.
0: No, he didn't do anything. It was a wah 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 wah. He's hitting
2: you with the power of love. <laughs> like, that's
0: a that's it. I mean, if it was for a shorty, then yeah, man, like wah
2: wah 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 wah. Nah, I'm, I'm not too much. <laughs> but just uh, nah, people can't get mad honestly because, like, I remember um, Helga's mom. A lot of the times when they were in the house, she she was fucking mixing up daiquiris, bro. Like she had a black dress. Yeah,
3: was. <laughs> Yes, she was. had the
2: blender on deck, yep. so she definitely <laughs> was an alcoholic. Like, and then I remember, I
3: remember
2: seeing an episode uh, episode. Um I remember reading an article where I forgot what it was, but somebody said six things that I realized as an adult now about um hey Arnold. And then one of them was thinking about it now, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. This one was crazy, but I mean I don't know, it's not the the you know, this was his his opinion. I forgot where I read the article, but the dude was like, one of them was like <laughs> Harold probably had Yandere's because of his <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I'm like, and then I went in the back, and I was like, yeah, his eyes were yellow, bro. Like, So, I
0: mean, I don't know. <laughs> no, the, the, <laughs> the saddest thing, because I think I read an article just like that as well, too, but the saddest thing I, I realized about Hey Arnold was that his hat, uh-huh. and it explained that his hat, was the same hat that his parents gave him as a baby, and that's why it's so small. He wears it all the time, because that was the last gift his parents gave him before he died.
2: Oh, damn, that's some real shit. Yeah, I don't, I don't know about that one. <laughs> so that's- yeah, oh, man, name.
0: like, there's some crazy stuff in Hey Arnold that just smacks you in the right. face as an adult. I was like, God oh, shit. <laughs> but, um... Let's get into your number four, man. <laughs> I know me and Jake are oh, in yeah, town yeah, on that yeah. one right there, but we want to hear yours. Um,
2: Mine definitely is not going to make nobody's list, but it it was in the um, and uh, it was in the Rapid. It's definitely not going to make nobody's list. It's probably not an honorable mention, and it's probably going to take people out of left field. Um it's going to be controversial, but, you know, it was in the 90s. It was animated. So I'm going to just roll with it. You know, these are my personal picks. Um, number four, I could put it higher, but I would just have to put it here. Um, this is Dragon Ball Z. So I don't know. Yeah, man. Yeah, I don't know how anybody's going to feel about that pick, but it was in the there 90s. You know? It was cartoon, animation, whatever you want to call it. But to me, Dragon Ball Z is um everything is my favorite anime. You know, if we were doing an anime, I would put it number one. But um, Dragon Ball Z was the max for me growing up as well. One of the max, you know. But um, I just remember having great memories, staying up, you know, trying to watch it, wait for that next episode, sharing memories with you guys. You know, Val, we grew up on this as well. There's a few of our other friends, and we would just always sit there. It was. It, it, I, I think it's more also for the emotional attachment that I have with you guys, which I enjoy it. You know, it just makes the whole package complete because, you know, you had Goku, you know, you had Gohan, um, where... He was trying, you know, he's the prodigal son basically, but you know, he was struggling to find his strength. That's stuff that you know, people could deal with. Where, oh, I want to be strong, you get what I'm saying? I have to stand up and stuff like that. I can't deal with bullies, you know, with the Nappa Vegeta episode, things like that, with the Radis, you know, leave my dad alone, whatever things of that nature. Um, and then to me, Vegeta is my favorite character of all times. So to me, Vegeta just resonated because, as you said, about you see the best evolution of him, and then for me. I always had to work hard, you know, not saying, but you know, the situation that I'm in, I always had to kind of prove myself. So that's why I gravitated to Vegeta. I'm also short, you know, so that's another reason, but he always had to work through what he wanted. You get what I'm saying? It never came easy like Goku. So that's why I just gravitated to Vegeta and stuff. And I would always walk, walk around with the shirts, it's over 9,000, all that shit. So like, but, and then the emotional attachment that comes with it, you know, going to dragons then chilling with you guys, always geeking out, talking about it. Like, oh, playing Dragon Ball Z growing up. This is Hey Arnold shit right here, playing Dragon Ball Z, you know, around our building where we would just take paper and crumble them up and just throw them somewhere. Tell one of our friends, like, hey, put it here. we just go around with the scouters, fake scouters, like, oh, it's a Dragon Ball. You get what I'm saying? So, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like, growing up doing that stuff. So, it definitely was great. The series captivated me, like I said, I think it was just pretty cool at that time because you know, you had like the Street Fighters and stuff like that, and we will always walk around, you know, Hadouken, Hadouken. So, just to see actual, you know, animation cartoons bringing this to life where people were fighting in the air, flying, it just captured everything as you were growing up into one video game, superhero, everything into one. And I think, and it, you know, it was pretty strong subject matter, we didn't get actual japanese type stuff like that but it was pretty strong subject matter for us in the u.s and i don't know man so dragon ball z is one of my favorite cards and i had to throw it in the top five growing up honestly
0: yeah man um i'll yeah. take it from here jake because i i love dragon ball z this was gonna be in there but i put it in my own inventions because the fact if i put it in it would yeah. be my number one like hands down and I felt like it would have just been fair if I did mm-hmm. that, so I was like, "I'm just gonna leave it out for a second because this would have been my number one if, if when it came to animation in a way, um, just for the memories yeah. alone. Oh, I remember fucking, um, I had a karate gi and I dyed it an orange, and I dyed my hair fucking copper, thinking I was gonna be Gohan, and it just turned into like I look like a penny with curly hair, and it was just <laughs> horrible. But I was dedicated to dragon ball z and i think i have a little announcement of, uh psa for all the dragon ball fans till today y'all are a bunch of fucking whiny motherfuckers i swear to god because people have everything to complain about dragon ball z or dragon ball super right now in this day and age when we grew up a dragon ball z there we had to wait for super mm-hmm. saiyan we had to wait for like power yeah. levels and shit like that, or Not big sure. battles. The best thing that we had was fucking Spirit Bombs and K.O. Ken, and that was good mm-hmm. enough. Like, that right there, King Kai and the and the, the Golden Bridge, and and um uh, the, the fake hell that they had there. Yeah. What was it? It wasn't hell. What was oh, it called? God. It was like, uh, I, I forgot what it was. They just mucked yeah. yeah. it up. So, I forgot so what it was forgot. called. Yeah,
2: totally yeah. so forgot. Now, wow, and, I, and I to this on my list. Well, wow, I'm catching yeah. the brain fart right now, but I'll try-
0: Oh. <laughs> no no you're you good though but like, like all those iconic moments right there and just um, the training aspect and the character development of Gohan and Krillin you know just those early episodes of Dragon Ball Z that those first two sagas of just the the, the, the Raditz and, and Saiyan saga going into like the Frieza saga those are so iconic and beloved right now because we didn't have to worry about like Super Saiyan 2 and Super Saiyan 3 and shit like that if anything I felt like once we got to that level, it was as good as we are going to get. And, yeah, cool. Like, you could see Goku turns to Super Saiyan 3 and be hyped, I guess. But, to me, I was happy with Goku doing... Koken ken times 100 hitting the meteor so he wouldn't die like that right there got my nads <laughs> right there and even when like fucking vegeta or goku did turn super saiyan for the first time it was an emotional aspect you felt it with those characters especially with vegeta his shit still gets yeah. to today of the, i want to be a super saiyan i want yeah. i want i want to but like if you take that out of it that arc right there of just being so desperate <laughs> to reach that pinnacle of success, and he finally gets it out of passion and rage, mm-hmm. is so fucking iconic. Goku again reaching it out of passion and rage because his best friend dies, so iconic. Freeze again chopped in half, you know, just so many great episodes yeah. of Dragon Ball Z. Piccolo killing Goku finally with Raditz because that was his lifelong dream. At the yeah, time that was the kill
2: so he got it one. <Yeah>
0: little episodes like that are just so fantastic and like i said like i really felt like if i would have put this on my list this would have been number one or number two and i would have had to bump like a whole lot of shit off i love dragon ball z bro like it's oh yeah. uh, it's so good it's, it's I, so I, great I,
2: yeah, no i agree with you and just like like you said to me so that sound stands as one of the most iconic transformation of all times when we saw goku go super saiyan for the first time and like you said, some of these kids are spoiled nowadays. Where oh my god, I want Ultra Instinct. I want Evolution Blue, Super Saiyan Blue this. Bro, you know how long we probably had to wait a month for Super Saiyan, not, not just the transformation. Yeah, just the yeah. transformation. I'm not talking about the other sagas, you know, when Vegeta arrived and the Raditz and stuff. Just, had to wait like a whole month just to see him transform. We had to just, weeks upon weeks, just powering up. <laughs> like So, you know, and... Yeah. But like you said, it was—it just touches so much great subject matter. Stand up for yourself, you know, the whole bullying aspect with Cell and stuff like that. Um, I don't know. It, it's just great, man. And the sentimental values is over the roof, like you said. So I love Dragon Ball Z. I
0: think the only reason to, no, not the only reason, the second reason why I didn't put it on my list, too, because I feel like Dragon Ball transcends Mm. time, and I know that's that's a a cop out thing to say right there because I I should put in my 90s cartoons, but like I feel like at at the end of the day, Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z, Dragon Ball GT, Super they transcend generations. Like at this moment in time, this is like a continuous story, kind of like One Piece, where it's just overlapping generations, and you're growing up with it still today, and um. Oh, man, like, I, I want it so bad. If I could change it right now, I probably would. But, like, like uh, it's in my honorable mentions so much. Like, it's scratching the surface. Jake, do you have any kind of, like, attachment to Dragon Ball Z? I know it wasn't, like, your thing growing up, but, like, any kind of attachment at all? Mm-hmm. Who?
1: Firstly, was it called Hipple? Oh, yes! The- so that's what it was <laughs> called?
0: The basically- yes, had- it was. Were talking about
2: when they had the two big, doofy, brolic dudes in the white. Right there, yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had to look it up because I was like, oh, what are they talking about? Um Yeah, no, I mean, again, it was there. I actually... Uh, you're probably going to kill me for this. Um, i kill you for saying it was Dragon there. Ball more than I watched Dragon Ball Z.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, um,
1: but yeah, no, like I actually, I, I had enjoyed watching Dragon Ball more than I watched Dragon Ball Z. Um, I don't know why, I guess, I, 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 I have no real reason. But again, it just, anime to me was still new. Um, it was still an unexplored realm. Um, I did catch, uh, it's, I funny I the main episodes that I did end up like watching from beginning Mm -hmm. to end were like the major fight ones I don't know how that magically ended up happening but like I do remember watching like like the 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 boo fights were probably some of like the greatest things I've ever seen on tv um possibly also one of the saddest um and and just like the most like heart-pumping ones I've ever seen um but I I just wish I shared that same energy that y'all do with it um i just didn't because
0: again it just i was
1: distracted
0: I, I, by, I, I, by yeah, I understand why it. you like dragon ball i totally understand i'll tell you why you love japanese culture i think we all do in a way but i think you love japanese culture to the point like you're you're studying japanese you love the art form um you're you're captivated by every essence of it and dragon ball very much is japanese culture to the t um, Japanese animation to the team. The jokes are more for a Japanese-based audience. Like, Japanese uh, animation from, like, the 90s and even the 80s could be a little risque as well, too. Like, uh, there's a lot of times where you see seen Bulma fucking take it off her panties from mm-hmm. Masaroshi at the time, trying to seduce mm-hmm. him and stuff like that. It's like the whole he-he-ha-ha, <laughs> Goku little jokes and Krillin little jokes, like he-he-ha-ha. Like, it, it, it's made for children, but it's also a subtext for adult for horny Mm -hmm. adults as well too um and and not to say it's bad but that really was japanese culture and still is today Any animation you see you're seeing chicks with big ass breasts that can't support themselves whatsoever but they are
2: that's what Um, they love bro yeah so
0: like (laughs) straight up like it's like that horny Mm -hmm. culture and um you know dragon ball had a lot of that um then they had great stories like the red ribbon army and things of that nature um King Piccolo, but I feel like once we got to like, the King Piccolo saga, that's when this when the, when the engine started turning mm-hmm. in a different direction. Um, uh, we got to see bigger fights happening. We got to see fights with Tien and Yamcha, Piccolo, and whatnot. Uh, what was Master Roshi's um ultra? Uh,
2: not not Grandpa, Grandpa. Jake, you um, should know this. Wait, wait, Jackie Chun, Jackie Chun. Yeah, Jackie. yes. There you go. <laughs> <Jackie
0: Chun. laughs> Bro had the wig and everything, like, ah, the little black guy on everything. Oh, it was great. Um, But I can understand that because that right there is more of a, I wouldn't say storytelling aspect. I just think that, like, it has perfect and tailor-made for a Japanese audience, whereas Dragon Ball Z is heavily for Mm -hmm. an American audience. I don't care what anybody says. Like, it's action-packed. It's fight, 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 Onto the next fight, 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 Onto the next fight, fight, fight. That's basically what Dragon Ball is. With story mm. involved, but it's very much fight central, whereas Dragon Ball Z was more so jokes and hee ha here and there. Mm-hmm. I love Dragon Ball, but I see why it, res- it resonates to you mm. more than Dragon Ball Z.
2: No, yeah, Dragon Ball is, is great. Um, <laughs> no, I just love oh, yeah, right also there. as well the, the innocence of Goku, yeah, where uh, I don't want to sound like a creeper, but he laid up between Bowman's legs, just sleeping, chilling like nothing. Like, oh, what's this? You get know what I'm saying? Like, bro, you don't know where you're at right now.
0: <laughs> Mad creeper. He'd be like looking at himself, yeah, looking like, at his little ding-a-ling. <laughs> Look what I got here. Why don't you have one of so those? That's why I love it.
2: It's just that little innocence. And like you said, honestly, it's one of the to me, I always got to like respect what started everything and the founding fathers and stuff. So, you know, to me, I have to respect it as well just because of that. Because if it wasn't for Dragon Ball, we wouldn't have nothing that w- – we wouldn't have Super right now, you know, and we wouldn't have heroes or whatever is going on right now and stuff like that. So, I mean, yeah, I respect the Founding Fathers. But it was great, though. Like you said, definitely Dragon Ball is more Japanese-centric with the jokes and stuff like that because even you got this chick, what's her name, in the World Tournament. I forgot her name, where she just, like, strips to her bro in her panties to get the other guy to lose. Um, She has the afro. I forgot her name. But, you know, things like that is very – um. Japanese, that's, you know, so, but yeah, Dragon Ball is cool as well. man. Did I lose you guys? <laughs> I think we did, and this is going. No, I
1: think we it lost
0: strength,
2: he's... though. Yeah, I think we did lose him, because I heard something. No, 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 no
0: yeah, you hear no, now?
2: No, now we hear you, bro.
0: <laughs> not sure what happened there right now. Uh, I'll go with my number three. I know, Jay, you're probably going to be a little pissed mm-hmm. off at this because I'm moving this above oh X Men. Here
2: we go. Hear me the out. First Blasphemous Thing. No, not even like the 10th Blasphemous Thing. <laughs> it, it is. It is, a,
0: it, it is like the 50th Blasphemous Thing, mm-hmm. honestly, straight up. But um, this show came out in, I believe, 1996 it went into 1997. And it was a spinoff from. Um, another series as well, too, which is very popular from the 90s as well, too. I will admit wholeheartedly I have, I have never been captivated by this character since watching this show. I thought this character was a cheap character, OP character, impossible to mix storytelling with this character whatsoever. And I understand, like, the origins of this character really was more of, like, the common man, save, like, save a banker that's being, like, robbed or something like that, or... Or some bullshit like that. It was never, like, grandiose. And when it was grandiose, it just didn't make sense. And it wasn't until I got into the series and I got into the characters and the story arcs and the emotional aspect of, of him as a man where I fell in love with it. I can remember each and every episode to, to this day, every villain to this day, um, every iconic character to this day, uh, the voice acting as well, too. Um, this is Superman, the animated series. Yeah. I know, like like I said, X-Men by far is my favorite franchise, but this show turned me from Superman. This show turned me from from looking at a guy that's OP, that could (laughs) obliterate the the world. That's not even a word. (laughs) Obliterate the world. Um, And basically be his own, like, you know, Hitler, as we've seen in, like, uh, Red Sun, But... I don't know. It's just the storytelling with him and Lois Lane was fantastic. I think the voice acting was phenomenal. And you got a chance to see Clark Kent in a different aspect as well, too. We moved away from the common man's issues from like Superman's gonna save a cat from a tree. Oh, that's great. No, we got, you know, enemies like Parasite. Um, we had enemies like Bizarro. We had uh, Mix, uh, Mr. Mixiplicit. You can't even say his name properly. He's like the short guy is played by Gilbert Goffrey. He's fantastic. Um, um, so many iconic villains. And, of course, Lex Luthor is so iconic on that show that he's made crossovers from – Different episodes, Batman, the anime series, Justice League, Justice League Unlimited. You know, Lex Luthor is, to me, the best character in that anime series by far. Um, so many great story arcs with Metallo and what it is to be human and his story arc right there. Bizarro, and what it means to be a clone and do you have your own personality? Um, Superman, what it is to be a illegal immigrant like that right there resonated to me more than anything else that i've seen with superman i remember the 1940 shows and 1950 shows and they're like okay like up in the sky so you know birds a plane cool whatever fuck off this right here It just, it gravitates me on a different level. It was like, you're making him more humane, but he's not human. You're making him more relatable, but he can't be because he's an alien. He can never be accepted by human culture, yet he's like the beacon of hope. And I don't know. It just, it captivated me on a different level. Um, That's my thing. You
2: know what? I really was just so blindsided because I thought, I was I was like, wait a minute! I was going to stop him, but as I heard you talking, I thought you said Batman animated series. I was like, wait, he went. He said Superman animated series. Like, so yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I never really got into this one so much. Like, I mean, it, it was a cool series, but I mean, still to this day, I say here and stand. I really haven't gotten into the Superman character. You know, maybe it was just because he's so OP and his weakness is a fucking rock. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Like. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, magic. and magic, you know, and I was always I, I'll be honest, I'm a fucking Zod fan. I love Zod. So, you know, um, but I mean, I could see it because the Superman 64 game they made. I don't know what time it came around, um, but it was based off of this as well. Right. Like off of the off of the. Yeah, correct. Of the buzz that this had. So, yeah, I remember playing the game. I, My father, my father and my parents actually got it for me for like, um a gift and stuff for, like, graduation and shit, so... But, um... I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have much to say. I, I'll be honest. i watched the bits and pieces. It was cool, but I never really got into it, so... I'll let Jake and you have at this, honestly, so... That's just me.
0: <laughs> Jake's like, I don't watch this
1: shit. <laughs> I've never seen an episode
0: of the Superman okay. animated series. I don't think anybody has. Honestly... I, I don't care. I'll do the bulk of the talkie <laughs> for this one. It was definitely a spinoff of Batman the anime yeah. series. You know, a lot of people will say that's the goat of Superman superhero mm. cartoons. Um, and I felt like y- this character should already have had their own show mm. and been successful. I think it's because of Mystique that he is a very OP character. Mm-hmm. He's a person that could toss a planet. So why would you make this into a show? Like any show he'll do, he can just punch his way out of things. And I feel like. Every episode, it gave you an example of how he can't punch yeah. out of things. Yes, there's some iconic fights like Bizarro, Parasite, um, even Lex Luthor in his armor, Apocalypse. There's even a part where Apocalypse does invade Earth. Sorry, not Apocalypse, <laughs> Dark
3: Side. <laughs> can be hard. Um, Dark Side. <laughs>
0: blasphemous dark side comes from apocalypse <laughs> and invades earth and actually murders a couple of people. And it's, it's so crazy how there's stakes involved in the show where people actually die. And Superman feels that humanity, like, you know, that loss that like, I am this powerful, but I can't save a single person. And I think that right there was more relatable to me. That's what got me more into Superman yeah. comics a little bit. Um, I'll be very honest, too. Even after this show, I never found a Superman arc in a comic book that really got me going until probably maybe the new 52. And um, as as outrageous as that sounds, um, I just felt like everything that the comics were doing was totally different from what the show was doing. I think the comics were still in this... Error where Superman was dead he came back to life and he's wearing a blue suit and he's wearing a red suit and he's, he has electric powers and he's doing all this stupid fucking shit and then you're not really humanizing the character whatsoever because the best part of Superman is Clark Kent. The best part of Superman is him playing a human being. Is him like stumbling. is him falling down the stairs like a jackass to impress Lois Lane or somebody. He'd be like, oh, I'm an idiot. Love me. <laughs> like... Like, that's what it is, because if he was actually Soup, he'd be like, all right, bitch, we're going. Let's fly away. And the part when they actually get that chance, be like, he could be Clark and he can be Superman together for Lois, it meshes so well. I think this show has been the perfect Lois Lane as well, too. Feisty, independent, but also has that vulnerable side for Superman, of course. Any other show or iteration of her has been too, like you know, hard hitting feminist. Like, I don't need a man whatsoever. Life is hard, but I'm harder. And I get that. But this was the perfect balance of Lois Lane and Superman. I think um not not enough people give this credit enough to for that story building for these two characters. And even till today, like there was a hot minute where Lois and Superman weren't together as well, too. Like there were different pairs with one woman and Superman, um, different um, uh, characters along with Superman as well, too. Like they were staying away from Lois because at the end of the day, she was a, a regular chick dating a God. Um, I still feel like you can make that connection happen. Um, and the new 52 really brought that to my, to my attention. And of course the show really made me fall in love with that character as an animation um in that
2: time so yeah. i just want to add no i love Sorry. it bros um i just i just want to add to i agree with you to be superman is lois lane lois lane is superman that's his little blue thing right there so when they did like the whole wonder woman thing i was like yeah and i'm still yeah about it to this day you know what i'm saying so i think it was, yeah
0: i mean it makes sense, though, like, I understand the logic. I understand why, like, people will bitch about it. Like, if my man Superman would have blew a load in hey. Lois Lane, that fucking baby, that embryo would fucking break her, like, because it's a crypt- Kryptonian. Like, that dude could be like, ah, laser a rise yeah, out yeah, of the womb. We
2: saw it in the boys, you know, fucking Homelander beat it up, and he has a... He has a-
0: <laughs>
3: so it can happen.
2: <laughs> I don't know if you guys like the boys, but yeah, man. I love the boys. So, I mean, no, I, I I get it, yeah, but I mean, to me, it's always just always gonna be Lois Lane for him, you know. So I still I still get kind of weirded out, you know, even playing DC Universe, uh, for PlayStation. Like I mean, it was on Xbox as well, but just playing DC Universe, where in the opening scene, if you watch it, you know, Lex Luthor yokes up, uh, Wonder Woman, scream for him, cry, and then just, I'm like, no, bro, it's Lois Lane. You get what I'm saying, so. I don't know. But but hey, this is cool that this is your pick. I really didn't get into that, but this is why you know it's good, bro. But hey, different picks, man. <laughs> <laughs>
0: that's that's my dark horse of the mm-hmm. of, of the podcast today. Jake, what's yours?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I think I have more of the dark like I think my picks are probably more dark horse, like really all of them. Um uh, but it's amazing how we all like have these different kind of shows that resonated to us um probably gonna hate mine um i hate kind yeah. of but like i'm probably yep. gonna hate mine uh because we're on number three right yeah so my number three um i love it for so many reasons um it had a lot of a lot of i mean the animation for one was just bizarre <laughs> beyond all matter and i fucking loved it because it looked lazy. Um, but, again, it, it was there to kind of set up the scene and, like, kind of over-exaggerate everything. Um, the, the the music and a lot of the slapstick jokes were very, very, very old school. You know, it was almost kind of something similar that you would see with Looney Tunes, but in, in a more modern-day cartoon. And I fucking loved it. Especially the music, because, like, it, the music just kind of um, kind of flowed throughout the whole... Show and it and it set up every scene and then um, all the characters that they had were very unique in all their own ways. Um, But it was it was it was the main characters that really just kind of sold the show and it it was the bromance that was there. Um, Ed and Nettie is by far one of my most favorite cartoons of all time. Um, It was one of the smart it's one of the smartest cartoons I've ever seen. Um, When it did get to like the later. seasons when they went to school I had kind of like drifted away from it but I mean the originals I mean these were three kids uh out of, you know the main characters were all very different um but because they were different because they were cast out by everyone else uh on the block you know um they gravitated towards each other I mean you had um Eddie who spent his time just trying to be the cool kid who wanted to be, you know, on top of everything, who wanted to make a whole bunch of money, you know, and, you know, he knew because he was shorter, because he was, you know, kind of like the runt of the litter, you know, he, he, he he had like hardcore um, uh, uh, Napoleon syndrome, like he totally did. And then you had Double D, who was very fragile, very frail, um, but one of the smartest people uh, alive I mean some of the shit that he put together on that cartoon like even like uh, me and my friends actually one day went to go <laughs> try and attempt to build our own little clubhouse after watching an episode like that so that was really fun um, me and my uh, my grandma and my dad used to watch this show all the fucking time together um, and then but you also had ed who was a total geek total nerd like he, he loved comic books he loved, toys. He loved you know he was dumb as a rock but like uh you know he had the strength of a fucking bull you know and just the shit that they would do the funny faces he would make the sounds that they would you know if you listen to like some of the sounds like the sound effects uh i don't know if y'all saw that video that i shared Uh, With DBZ, with uh, basically like uh, uh, the sounds from Ed and Nettie. It was hilarious. You know, I love those sounds. It's a very, very old school technique. Very old school technique. Um, But then you had, again, you had the surrounding cast of all the the characters who were unique in their (laughs) own way. Jimmy, we all knew Jimmy was fucking gay. Like, that was just like, you know, it was fabulous even for himself you know, Sarah was just a complete bitch, but, you know, definitely made sense for her being the younger sister, and you knew she was spoiled, Um, Naz was the one hot girl that, you know, every guy in the block loved, Kevin was a fucking dick, Um, you know, Rolf was, you know, the kind of outcasted international kid, so it it, it all just came together very, very, very well, Um, but, you know, each adventure was different, and, um, you know, it was also kind of like a coming of age, because, you know, it dealt with love, it dealt with feelings, and, you know, just wanting to kind of break out of that shell of being a kid, but still enjoying every little bit of it. Um, I can go on about this cartoon, but I think it's one of the smartest cartoons ever written. Um, it may seem silly for a lot of fucking people, but when you watch it, like the humor is just on point each and every fucking time. And I absolutely uh, loved it. And then you have like, kind of like, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, someone like, uh, yeah. uh, uh, damn what was his name? The bald kid who talked to Plank, um, you know. Mm-hmm. He, he that was, that's basically like he has to be abandoned or has like some kind of crazy abandonment issues where you know I'm I'm gonna throw it <laughs> out there I used to talk to inanimate objects all the fucking time as a kid so no shame in that so like I was like bro I feel you man I totally fucking feel you just because like you get pushed into you know such like this circle that you can't get out of that you. You know, you mask it with something, and so that's what he did. He talked to fucking Plank, and Plank was his best friend. and The fact that they gave it some kind of personality, too, was just amazing. So, okay,
3: I'll uh, go ahead yeah,
0: for this good. one. Oh, no. yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you,
2: oh, no, 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 go okay, ahead, bro. Go for it, yeah. I was just waiting to see who was gonna go, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not gonna beat you for the pull of a plank. <laughs> um... Go on. <laughs> I didn't get into Ed and Eddie as I wanted to. I know a lot of people do mm-hmm. love this show. I just – I never saw – and I hear this a lot from a lot of people that it's a very smart, intelligent show, but I never got those episodes. Maybe that just flew over my head because from like from an outside-looking-in perspective, all I saw with Ed, Ed and Eddie was that one had a gigantic green tongue <laughs> and like Jawbreakers – and one was half Riri. Like, he went full force Gump <laughs> with my man, Ed. <laughs> like, I don't care what you say about Ed, that, you know, he's like this nerd and stuff like that. My man's full force Gump right now. My man's full Simple Jack. And on. <laughs> <laughs> and and D.W. was probably the, the most grounded person of that whole group right there. <laughs> But I kind of feel like um, everybody else... Um, Double D, sorry. Du- yeah, my bad. Double D. Um, uh, I feel B-W? like this was like a very... <laughs> okay. If there's anything intelligent I have to say about it, is like this is a very intelligent way of speaking about mental illness. <laughs> because I feel like everybody in that show was mentally ill. Uh, especially uh, my man with the plank, because I probably was doing something else uh, with that plank that we don't uh, know. Uh, <laughs> but, like, I watched a couple of episodes, and I've had fun watching it from the early episodes. I never went too deep into the rabbit hole with them. Maybe going into like season two or season three, I probably would have got a little bit more. But I think I probably just remember like the first five episodes and I let it be.
2: Damn that's fucked up. <laughs> that's not cool.
0: I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Cool. It's 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 a, it's a cool it's a cool cartoon, but like I just it I never got into it like a lot of people have no.
2: You see, he's taking it out. he's mad about Superman uh,
1: and World uh,
2: We're catching fills on this episode.
0: (laughs) 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 What about you, Jay? Do you have uh, (laughs) (laughs) attachment to it?
2: Um, I don't really have an attachment to it. I mean, I would watch it here and there whenever I guess it was on. I would check it out, but it was just never really. He never really stood out to me. Nothing like you said. I mean, I see some of the tragic issues that they talk about. Like Jake said, you know, freaking um, Plank. You know, obviously he has some abandonment issues and stuff like that. And I mean, I just love how they touch the subject matter where they were always trying to scheme nowadays. You know, people are always trying to scheme. And growing up, you know, not saying we were younger, but you know, we always had a little scheme or something like. Oh, let's try to get you know. But um, I don't know. It's,
1: They <laughs> told her fucking I mad. Mean, I, I
2: don't know, but I do. Come but on. I maybe gravitated to it, some so gravitated to it per se, but would stick around and watch it. It was because it was very kind of reminding me like Hey Arnold in the sense where it was just like all of them, like, you know, their adventures and stuff like that. The kids just hanging out and stuff. So, but I mean, it wasn't my cup of tea though, honestly. But no. yeah.
0: I, I agree with you jay like i think that's one thing we are, i have to say this we are the last generation that went outside to fucking play without shit like cell phones mm. and like computers and shit like that like we got out there to be dirty and have fun and fucking kick shit and break shit yeah. fall down get cut and get hurt and i think those cartoons are our products of our childhood right there so we can resonate to that we could resonate hopping fences and getting messed up we could resonate uh going to the boys and playing baseball games or having you know our toys which are essentially our best friends like i remember fucking um i, I just to put my plank situation out there i didn't never <laughs> to talk to a Whoa, boy cool. wouldn't play, so, but i so, had my, so my plan- yes <laughs> my plank situation but like i loved my fucking toys like i loved my toys like 13 years old i loved my toys i don't give a fuck what anybody says okay. i remember like i used to love my batman and robin toys and Uh, As a kid, once again, I didn't really have a lot of stuff. So, like, I had, like, a Batman and Robin, but I always would imagine, like, there's other characters around, like, a Mr. Freeze. And I would freeze my Batman in, like, a cup and put him in a freeze. I'm like, aha, Mr. Freeze got you. Now you're frozen, this fucker. (laughs) And shit like that. So, like, using my imagination, just like, you know, they do with Plank and whatnot, and going above and beyond these episodes being extraordinary, I can respect that a lot.
2: Yeah. No, I, I agree, and it was an era where everybody was touching subjects and stuff like that, so definitely Ed, Ed and Eddie, you know, touched it, like you said, we we're like the last era that really went outside and, you know, scraped their knees and stuff like that, and nowadays, it's just people on tablets and stuff, you get know what I'm saying? So, that's why it resonates with us, but, I mean, hey, cool pick, bro. But, like, <laughs> not, I'm not trying to, I'm not, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to sound messed up, you know, I'm the guy that chose Dragon Ball Z and X-Men, so, Oh, mm, mm. No. It was just weird, because to <laughs> it me, just, it, you know, I I don't know if you guys have it, but I'll just say it off the rip. It was just weird, because even though I grew up on it, but it was just very weird. I won't even put it as an honorable mention, Brenda Stimpy. So, I mean... Mm, mm. Angry Beavers. I don't know, it's just that weird, like King of the Hill, you were telling me, I love King of the Hill, it just has that weirdness to it, and I just
0: really gravitate to it. Mm. (laughs) But I said, I I love King of the Hill now that I'm a good adult, like, now that I have a belly, and I don't like doing shit, like, I can understand Hank Hill to the
2: max. (laughs) And I got a belly, and I don't like doing shit. But no, it's good. I
3: totally understand him, (laughs) but yeah. It's
2: cool, though, I, I know you guys are gonna have a field day with my number one. You know, number one and two. So I know you guys are gonna have two today. But um, well,
0: I want to hear yours. L- l- let's get down to your number
2: uh, three. My number three um it was already discussed, and it's Rockwell's Modern Life. So um, Ooh. yeah, like. Like I said, I grew up hard on you know Nickelodeon and wow, why, why I feel terrible for saying hey, cool pick, Jake. You know how to like? I'm not trying to, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not trying to downplay your pick whatsoever. Like you know, I'm just just want to get that out there. Like you know, because I know you guys are gonna flame my number two and my number one. But yeah, it's number three is Rocco's Modern Life. This could have probably been like easily my number two and number one. But um, I grew up on it. I remember I think I started watching this when I lived in Puerto Rico for the first time because you know. Uh, i lived in puerto rico grew up in puerto rico then i moved to new jersey and you know i i, I jumped around you know like a fucking gypsy and shit so like <laughs> but um <laughs> yeah so i remember just sprawling out on the couch laying down watching this all day on nickelodeon because that was my channel growing up bro nickelodeon all that clarissa explains it all all those shows you know what i'm saying are you afraid of the dark and Rocco, you know i, I loved Rocco. like you said it was just very weird australian wallaby you know um Philbert, this is weird, so paranoid, and, you know, back then, I mean, I really didn't get them, but, you know, watching them now, it's like, bro, they were very crude, and the sexual jokes were just, like, all over the place, you know, so, and then, like, I just gravitated to it as well because you know he has Spunky. I love animals, like you said, and stuff, and and that little iconic scream at the end of the 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 intro, the "Spunky" and stuff like that. So I don't <laughs> know. I mean, we discussed it already, you know. So, but
0: no, nah, go in, go in, bro, go in.
2: I mean, the drawing, <laughs> the drawing was great. Um Heifer, I don't know. I it's weird, but I liked Heifer in a way, like you said, he never had his up and comings, and we saw him just like struggle always, and I guess I gravitated. To to that as well. So, I mean, I don't know. This is it's, it's a great series. And, like, I mean, I guess I don't have much to say because it was already discussed, but I, I definitely love Rocco's Modern Life. Run. Like I said, it could have been easily number one for me or number two, but I have to put it number three. And the drawing, I think that's what... And then Rocco, like, I don't know. I think he was just so weird, eccentric in a way. And I, I don't want to say I'm weird or anything like that, but, you know, I gravitate to that as well and stuff. So.
0: There's nothing wrong being uh, weird, sir. Oh, no, no. I
2: mean, I'm not weird, but, you know, it's just... I don't know. It was different at that time. Like you said, it was very crude and stuff like that. And like just creepy. I guess this is my well, no, I, I would say this is my edit and Eddie. You get what I'm saying? But I don't know. So number two Rocco's Modern Life, bro.
0: Go ahead, Jake.
1: Oh no. I mean, yeah, uh, uh Rocco's Modern Life would be higher on my list. Um, because I think that was, like, the last of, like, the early, mid-90s um, uh, uh, cartoons and then like, OG Nickelodeon cartoons that, like, I, like, completely fell in love with before, like, it started transitioning. No, yeah, I mean, hey I, I will say American this, like, like Rocco like,
0: has a place in history from being, like, a very influential cartoon because of the fact that it, it took a lot of risks. It did not give it was unapologetic as well, too. And Mm -hmm. I can respect that. When you have something that's unapologetic that's gonna be in your face, like you you look at the most iconic and prolific cartoons that come out of the nineties. I wouldn't say the best, but the most iconic. You look at Beavis and Butthead, you look at Ren and Stippy, you look at Rocko's modern life and whatnot as well too. And they're just this crude humor that can appeal to every single audience. You're looking at children, teenagers, and of course ups as well too that can catch that joke I think the only cartoon to really do that from like 1999 and up was Spongebob and I, I know people will probably shit on me for that because like oh Spongebob he's annoying and fucking like that but Spongebob you know for being a late 90s cartoon start out it really captivated every single audience. You had a funny joke, like a fart joke that can make a teenager laugh and a kid laugh, but you also have like a diarrhea joke or a lactose intolerant joke that can make somebody like an adult laugh as well too. So I felt like that kind of art style and storytelling Mm -hmm. paved the way for other cartoons to be a little bit more intelligent for (laughs) for doing a kid's show.
2: Yeah, no, I I get you. Um, It was, you know, like you said, crude and all that things of that nature. Because I remember remember the episode where... um. Heifer, I think, like he went comatose for me and the puffs and stuff like that. And then and then he wakes up in the hospital,
3: huh? Oh, the no.
1: oh, okay. About the, he went to the, the hospital, to I think, like he ate so much <laughs> pastry no. puffs
2: or whatever, or <laughs> puffs or something like that. And then it's like diabetes right there, bro. <laughs> exactly. You can tell it's a shot of masturbation because when everybody leaves, He's under the sheets, ruffling and wrestling with his arms. And you can tell us a joke about masturbation, but he just pulls out a bag of pastry puffs. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah,
1: (laughs) definitely. (laughs) (laughs)
3: <laughs>
1: and, and, and do you remember remember the name of the restaurant that
2: choked chicken in the nineties, bro? It was real launchy because I think in um, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, you uh, Joseph flew over people's head and now we get them at this time. Um, I think it was which one was it? Um, cow and chicken. where they were talking about car yeah. munchers and things of that
3: nature. Oh,
0: God, God. Yeah. fucking cow and chicken, man! That's another show. <laughs> I, I forget about that. <laughs> The fuck? oh um, it was the devil what, what was it what yeah was it? well I didn't think it was called devil
2: Oh um, that self explanatory <laughs> <Let me see. laughs> no, go
0: uh, good. you guys rant on about this I'll, I'll look him up right now
2: nope red oh didn't um Ed, Ed and Eddie oh, had also guy. a joke about masturbation with double D in the bathroom or like stuck to the bathroom walls or there was something stuck to it like it was shit just... yeah. Yeah, it was something oh, like that, yeah, yeah, and it was just back yeah. then in the 90s, it like, you know, we were like, no, we were pushing the boundaries with some of this out, stuff, like, and this it was kind <laughs> of <laughs>
0: <laughs> It was a lot of fun. <laughs> hmm. Well, I will say this, though. Before we get into our number twos, because now we're getting into the nitty-gritty, we're going to take a quick, quick, quick break. We'll be right back, and I'll uh, just give some love to the sponsors. And we'll give you our number two and number ones. We'll keep the anticipation waiting right now. Be right back, guys. Uh Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Val Cisco dropping some knowledge about Anchor. Guys, have you ever wanted to record your own podcasts? Don't you want millions and millions of people to listen to what you have to say, whether it's about Zeus, whether it's about sports, whether it's about everything that's going on in the world with quarantine? Guys, what are you waiting for? Download Anchor. Anchor basically is a one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. It has creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or your computer. Number two, it's free. Guys, it's free. There's not a lot of freebies out there, so grab this. And, of course, Anchor will distribute your podcast so you can be heard from different places like Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, and many, many, many more. You can make money off your podcasts too, with minimum listenership. So right there, guys, like, listen, this is a no-brainer. Download Anchor. It's pretty fantastic. I love it. Hell, thank you, Anchor, for giving me the platform to speak about all the random things that I do. Uh, It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So please, once again, download Anchor. You can download it off the Apple Play Store, the the Google Store. I don't know if you guys have Blackberries out there still. Whatever is out there, download it. It's freaking phenomenal. You guys won't regret it. Take care. Ciao. And we are back once again, given our top five, our top five, our favorite '90s cartoons. Uh, we are at number two, so let's start off with my pick for number dose. It is a, you know what? I know you guys are probably look at this like, wow, you went really safe, Val. Like this is a very safe pick, but to me, this is a series that I watched over and over again from the '90s to the 2000s. Um, I had the VHS tapes, if you guys remember what the fuck VHSes were from back in the day. <laughs> um, I uh, recently just saw it on Disney+, Plus and I binged the whole fucking series as well, too. And to me, still to this day, the animation is still crisp. The storytelling is still crisp. They take... Enough risks with the source material, but they stay true to the comic book as well too, which I feel it's just great. Like all around character development, the the voice acting is great. Hell, even Mark Hamill played a uh, reoccurring role as well too, his iconic voice. Um, this is the 1994 Spider-Man animated TV show. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Ducktail. No, oh, 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 Darkwing Duck. Because uh, <laughs> when we talking
2: about the Ed and Eddie, you said D.W. I'm like,
1: What Yeah, <laughs> what time? yeah. I missed that crossover. Like what? <laughs> no, but go on, go on.
0: No, I, I, this is one of my favorite cartoons of the '90s of all time. Number one, I love Spider-Man. I, you know, he's. Probably like top five and favorite superheroes of all time. And I know it's very generic to say that, but I think all 90s kids felt like a, or even 80s kids felt that connection to Peter Parker or that Spider-Man character in one way or another. Um, And I felt like this show, just with the animation was fantastic. The storytelling was great. They took a couple of risks with certain villains as well too. Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, Venom. They did the Maximum Carnage story as well too, which is pretty fun as well too, but they put their own spin on it. But just different... Off the wall stories they did, like Craven's last hunt in the way. Craven was a fantastic character. He he was my introduction to that character from the series. And I just fell in love with that character. Um, the man spider episode where he becomes like the were spider, as stupid as it sounds. Just mm-hmm. it's so iconic to look at you know, Peter Parker turning into this like giant tarantula, man tarantula killing people was great. Morbius, Michael Morbius, and his his character development as well too, Scorpion, Kingpin, like All the Spider-Man rogues were into this story, and this is another series that it took cues from X-Men where it followed the source material, but the thing about it is that it diverted in a different direction as well, too. Like, it took the reins a little bit and said, hey, we can't do everything 100% like the comic books. We'll put our spin on it, but here's, like, the DNA. Like, we'll go into the Venom storyline. Mm-hmm. We'll go into Scorpion storyline. Hell, we'll do an episode on Shocker and why he's important and whatnot. I love Shocker, but... <laughs> yeah, don't, don't
3: you dare. That man.
0: <laughs> but, like, every villain had, like, a a purpose it wasn't like villain of the week like when you got into vulture's story like you could understand his motives and his motivation and like how he's this old man trying to cling on to his youth by any means necessary like i love that and i think this is everybody's real like if you put had to put a a voice to jay jonah jameson it was either this anime series or of course the first well all three is a spider-man movies between mcguire as well too um they go hand in hand i think this cartoon Really gave that voice to George J. Jonah Jameson. He was one of the by far the best characters in the series as well too. Um, I don't know, man. I just I I have a personal connection to it because I love Spider Man, and I just feel like everything about it has been great. They even did crossover episodes with X Men, with Captain America, with the Fantastic Four as well too. Um, they did. They ended off with the Clone mm-hmm. War saga, which was kind of muddled mm-hmm. up a little bit, but they did their mm-hmm. best to do it. Hell, they even did um a. I, I want to say, like, a Breaking the Fourth Wall episode where you got to see a Spider-Man, like, actual play, like, an actor play Spider-Man come into Spider-Man's universe as well, too. and Like, what's going on? Like, there's a real Spider-Man in that interaction. Um, I don't know. I just, everything about this show was great. Every season was great. You got, to, from the C-list villains, like, Hydro-Man, to the A-list villains, like, Green Goblin, everybody had a moment.
2: No. yeah. yeah 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 yeah
3: yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) that's my man Ed right there (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: great no um no the series yeah the series is cool I remember definitely watching this growing up on it like you said um it's one that stands the test of time you know it kind of like you think Jonah Jameson you think this one or you think the Spider-Man movies. And I think there's just so so many, you know, from six um, to him as the series evolved and stuff like that. You saw the love interest, Mary J. Watson, um, Black Cat, things of that nature. That was pretty cool um, where they took risks with that and seeing the crossover from different superheroes. Like we said, X-Men, Fantastic Four. I think they even Blade and Doctor Strange were in there. Yes, they did. Know yeah and stuff like that so it it was pretty cool and honestly i feel like for the whole animated series it was either this and batman you get what i'm saying yeah so um I, i have nothing wrong with this pick bro i love it and still to this day i love i love dr octopus you know doc ock he's still one of my favorite villains probably you know after after shocker you know i love both of them and bro All I have from this is just Doc Ock with his little mushroom haircut or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) All
0: right. So iconic. (laughs) I have to put this to rest right here because there's a split, I guess, (laughs) fandom with Doc Ock. So I have my opinions on it. Do you like Doc Ock with that weird accent that he has in that show? I think it carried on to two other shows as well, too. Or do you like, like the Spider-Man 2 or even the recent Spider-Man game as well, too, where he's more of like a mentor to Peter and Peter? Peter. 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 That's his Stefan to Steve Urkel. Right there. <laughs> that's who he was in Spider-Man 3 when he put the black fucking suit on and started. That uh, was (laughs) (laughs) So, but like, Um, but like, to that right there, do you do you like that strange Doc Ock accent that they were like that semi-German Polish (laughs) accent, or do you like it with that just that Americanized accent that they've been doing recently?
2: Nah, it was cool. It was cool. It added a different spin to it. It made him different. You get what I'm saying. But if anything, if I had to gravitate or generate a voice for him from now on i would definitely have to say it's from the spider-man game yeah you know where he played where he played that mentor to peter parker and i think it was just uh i know it's not the animated series but um it's the game and they did so well with the voice like you said the mentorship and then where you just see him snapping in the game you get what i'm saying so i think it was just phenomenal that voice i don't know but it was cool though don't get me wrong because i'm i'm one that's for all the weird shit you know because you I'm not down for the Paul Giamatti as Rhino. But
0: like, <laughs> I don't think know, any of, <laughs> I'm a Paul Giamatti fan. <laughs> I wasn't even happy with that. <laughs> I don't know. Where-
1: I have to see that. I have never seen that. I have to no.
0: That. Do not. It's not <laughs>
2: worth it. Yeah, go on, go on, bro, go on. <laughs> It's terrible. But what, what about you? Did you like the little strange accent that he had going on?
0: I mean, I agree with you that it makes him stand out over the other villains because everybody has like, that Americanized accent right there, just like straight talking English and whatnot. And he was more so like a person that he had a, a distinct voice and costume that made you uh, gravitate to that character a little bit. Um, but I don't know, man, like Spider Man two legit still is my favorite superhero movie of all time. It stands the test of time as one of my favorites, like and I feel mm. like Dr. Octopus in that movie is quote unquote the same as Reti in the Spider-Man video game. The mentorship, yep. the the father figure. If anything, Peter's always worked well with a villain that works like a father figure to him. And I don't know, it just it, it, it just works so well in the, in that movie in the game as well too. So I rather that iteration that we got in the um in the anime show, but everybody from like Mysterio had a great story arc, couple story arcs, Hobgoblin, Green Goblin, um, uh, Norman Osborn, and Harry Osborn as well too. Like there's. So much depth with each and every character that they really sink your teeth in. Like you said, the crossovers, Blade, Doctor Strange, Punisher, you know, and they're inter yeah. they're interjecting these storylines as well too. Punisher is there because he wants to go after Blade, you know. Blade's there because he <laughs> wants to go after Morbius and whatnot. So it's, everything's like in the story, and Spider Man sometimes plays second fiddle to all these grand um, schemes and um, um, moments that are happening in the show. Jake, do you have any? Um, is- oh sorry, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I'm sorry, uh, sorry for cutting you off, and sorry, Jake, but I was just going to ask you real quick, um, do you think that's one of the things that makes Spider-Man so cool, and maybe that's why you gravitate to it, because it's just not only the Spider-Man universe going on, but it's just like a grander scale of different universes and different characters kind of in the Spider-Man universe?
0: I don't think that's what it is. I think it's hard to me to, to understand, like, why I love Spider-Man so much, because if you look at other role galleries, Batman, The Flash, <clears throat> so on and so forth, they all have great iconic villains, right? But I think what makes mm. Spider-Man so, I guess, prolific, I hate using that word too many times, but it is because he is you and me. He is a guy that can't catch a break, that fucks up constantly, that um, doesn't learn from his mistakes, because he continues to make the same mistakes over and over and over again, which is makes it even more relatable. He can't hold a job, he can't you know, hold a relationship whatsoever, and... I think sometimes the best villains are reflections of the character themselves, like the Green Goblin, both iterations, you know, Harry's best friend and Harry's father figure, Norman Osborn. So right there, like, they hit home so much for him. Um, Even the early villains, they're just stepping stones in a way for him to become the man that he was going to be like you know he had to fight electro and because he fought electro he had to alter his suit for for shock resistance and just in case he had to fight somebody with electric powers again rhino he can customize a, a certain suit or his webbing to to be a little bit stronger to fight a heavier villain and whatnot so even with that like they're very captivating like i said before vulture um, a character who you saw this this meager old man that, you know, okay, Boomer, you know, sit down and just relax. No, this guy's gonna fucking ravage everything and kill everybody so he can get his youth back. I think, Little things like that where you can understand the villain, you can understand their motives, and they have a personal connection to Peter. We saw that in the latest Spider-Man movie, um, not far from home, but Homecoming, where uh, Michael Keaton plays Vulture and how he has a personal connection to Peter as a father figure one and the girlfriend, well, his love interest is father. So right there, that was crazy. Yeah. You know what's funny is I was not expecting
1: that. that when he opened the door and like the sudden change, like the music stopped. Um, and and I still say it like he's he's my favorite. Uh, ooh, I almost said Superman, Spider-Man. Um, and not just because I'm in love with Tom Holland, but like I think mm-hmm. like as that central like kid-ish. Because I know there's there's several different versions of Spider-Man, but like Spider-Man as a kid, just like learning and trying to be like knowing that he has this power, knowing that he has this um, responsibility you know but still trying to learn that but you know live his kid life like i think he's like the perfect spider-man for that um but yeah like that whole scene right there
0: just like i was like what no No, i was gonna ask something like what was this all about the animated series
1: um again the animated series was not one of those things that i saw um, I don't even remember what channel it was on. To be Fox. <laughs> um, Fox. <laughs> no, and I had nothing against it. Again, it was just it, it was just one of those things that never caught my
0: attention um, at that time. Um, <laughs> I, I would say uh, go on Disney Plus, watch the series. It's still yeah. rewatchable. It's still fun to watch. If anything, what it does to carry over from X Men is like the the climax scream. Like, you would get that X-Men, like, Gene, no, Charles. Yeah. You get the same thing with Peter, like, Mary Jane, Aunt
2: May. To be continued.
3: <laughs>
2: great shit. Yeah, no, I agree. No, but it, it was a great series. And I just wanted to add to Jake: don't, don't, you know, bro, I agree with you a thousand percent. Because to me, I mean, I, I'm not saying, well, yeah, I kind of grew up on the Toby McGuire. But to me, definitely the best Spider-Man is uh, Tom Holland. You get what I'm saying? And you hit the nail on the head with just the geekiness aspect, the little, you know, the little d- dweebish voice. Hey, guys. You know, when you came out of Civil War and stuff like that, and the little nerdy aspect, like fighting the whole time, but still geeking out. You get what I'm saying? That's what Spider-Man is with his quip, talking and stuff like that. So definitely Tom Holland, bro, is, is great. Nah, it's a I've always been a Spider-Man fan for, like, forever. You know? Definitely a great, place, bro.
0: Tom, uh, you know what? I want to say Tom Holland's my favorite, bro, but I still have this emotional connection to Tobey Maguire, even though totally. he looks thirty as Are a high mean, schooler. <laughs> <laughs> and Jab- I just noticed this <laughs> because I was re-watching it. My man, what's his name? Joe Magliello, Magliello. <laughs> He's um Flash Thompson. He's the. Uh, the um, Job Magliel. He's Dungeon and Dragons. He's fucking Magic Mike. He's fucking uh True Blood. He's a werewolf in True Blood. He's a guy that's married to Sophia. What's her name? Um,
2: oh, wait, you talking about this dude? You talking about, uh, okay, I know him from um, he's all. I Met Your Mother. There you
0: go. He's all beard yeah. and biceps.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's Marceo Sophia Vergara. They
0: got out. There you yeah, go. Okay, yeah. yeah. I know he was actually the bully. He's actually Flash Thompson in the first Spider-Man movie. So he's oh, been yeah. acting for a hot minute, bro.
2: Yeah, he has. But I, I get you. A lot of people will sit here and say, "Oh, Tobey Maguire is my Spider-Man." Tobey Maguire is the best Spider-Man. I mean, emotional attachment. But if you just sit here and dissect what the character is for, like Jake said, it has to be Thompson. You're hot. right. You You're one?
0: right. I oh. think I was sold not much in, in Far From Home. Um, but in Homecoming, where he's crushed with all the like the equipment and the debris, I, I mm-hmm. really wished like this, maybe this is why I, I don't have him as my Spider Man is because in that moment right there, I understand what we're doing in a story, especially in this Disney universe where we really haven't established Uncle Ben that much, and I think that hurts yeah. Peter just a little bit. But I really wish that he would have like called out to Uncle Ben. And just had that like great power become you know, his great responsibility line and would have lifted everything mm. up right there. It would have just solidified him as that Spider-Man to me, just calling out to Uncle Ben. I feel like that's it, it's like ham and eggs, bro. It's like you know, peanut butter and jelly, like Uncle Ben and Spider-Man have to go together because it's needed. Like that's that's why he became Spider-Man in the first place, in a way. And you got that with Toby Elise in that first movie and that second movie as well, too, where the depression. Like, the, like, if anything, Toby Maguire looks like a depressed motherfucker. So that works. <laughs> like, Tom Holland looks like he's always happy. Yeah. Andrew Garfield, mm, he's just too fucking hipster for me. But, like, Toby looked like a fucking... I no, do. man. Skateboarding yeah. Spider-Man. Fuck yeah. that
2: dude. I, I love it. He's, like, probably my second favorite Spider-Man, bro. Like I said, I grew up on Toby Maguire, but I don't know. I just... Uh, Toby Maguire, like you said, bro, it looks like he's 35 <laughs> running around. And- <laughs> And you know, like you'll get your damn rent when you fix the door. <laughs> you, it, okay. you leave
0: Spider-Man 3 alone, okay? <laughs> Spider-Man 3 is is a problem child of that trilogy, but it has some moments, okay?
1: <laughs> the giant the giant fist. Yes, that,
0: <laughs> but you know, like you get um venom, kind of.
2: <laughs> no. Terrible venom.
1: When Spider-Man Two revealed Doc Ock, like that had to be one of the greatest things ever. Like you knowing that he was going to be the villain of Spider-Man Two, like I was. I I, I don't think I've ever been when I saw that. Like Doc Ock had always been my favorite uh, villain. <laughs> no, I, I, somebody's really gotta help me get
0: there.
1: Frank thinking about burgers and whoa.
0: Spider-Man. Right? <laughs> whoa, whoa. What's that? What's about- that? Um, Shack and um, Kevin Hart joke. What is it? I want Chicken. <laughs> 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 <Sure>. <laughs>
2: Yes. And then now, Onions, you're thinking about the dancing scene in the Smash Bros. Oh, right? hell yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Stop. Uh, <Game> but
0: <laughs> <laughs> let's get off the Spider-Man track for a second, and let's get into Jake right here. All
1: right, time for my number two.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, so um, my number two pick is... Um, what was oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, so my number two pick um is uh, very close um to me for a variety of reasons and i think it comes from a channel that was um really kind of underappreciated for um its animation but this was definitely a um, a cartoon that i shouldn't have been watching um but i ended up watching because again i grew up with two other brothers um and so watching this actually kind of made me feel older than i actually really was <laughs> um um, it was something that me, my dad, and my, my two brothers would always just watch kind of religiously. And um, it was very off the wall. Um, but that was also the time that I was changing my taste in music. So this kind of helped uh, ignite those flames. But um, Beavis and Butthead was probably one of the best 90s animated. And it's funny that you yeah, had mentioned it earlier, but like Beavis and Butthead is just, uh, it's ridiculous in so many ways. But it's just, oh, the humor's just so fucking dry on it. And even as a kid, like, I knew it was wrong. I probably shouldn't be watching this, but I did. Um, because it was just, there it, it wasn't really much to it other than, like, these, these, these kids are just fucking idiots. And they don't realize, like, this, the, the shit that they're doing, the shit that they're getting themselves into. Um, yet, you know, it, it continues day after day. But my favorite thing about that cartoon at the time was the music videos. Um, listening to their criticism of the music videos that they were watching was like goat So when they would either go to commercial break or come back from commercial break, um, mm-hmm. it would go to a music video, and I I don't I don't know if they were watching what it was popular at the time or just chosen at random. Like if it was a song they hated, like they totally like tore it up, and like it was something that they love, like mainly like a metal song. You would always hear beats like. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know, and you think, you know, <laughs> breaking the law, breaking the law, you know. <laughs> I remember they were like they were talking about a Pantera song and they were like referring to Pantera as a person. He was like they're like, "Man, like this kid must have really been as that kid." Hey. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it was it was it's hilarious. Um and um, the, uh, the creator for, uh, Beavis and Butthead, uh, is probably like one of the most wittiest, um, you know, and he's, he's gold when he comes to making personality with the characters. So later on, you know, we get, um, King of the Hill out of it. And I think Hank Hill was loosely kind of based or inspired off of uh, one neighbor that just so happened uh, looks an almost like him, uh, the, the retired veteran guy, like stop whacking off in my
0: tool shed.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you again whacking off?
3: <laughs> but A whack, you know the other the other
1: <laughs> <whack>. <laughs> But. <clears throat> Like uh one of my favorite episodes is where they're eating chicken nuggets and Butthead starts choking and Divas doesn't know what the hell to do. So like the the person on the other line tells us, like, don't you know how to do the Heimlich? And he's like, I'm not gonna <laughs> you know, some shit like that. <laughs> but he kept he kept he kept telling the nine the, the operator online, he's like, Butthead
3: choking chicken. <laughs> <You
1: know? laughs> um but the other thing that they were very, very, very successful in doing was the movie. The Beavis and Butthead movie was fantastic. It's very rare that a TV show, yes and no, but like TV shows that make their own movies don't always become successful. There's been a good handful of them to have, but the Beavis and Butthead movie had great music. It had a great story. Um, and it was just really fun to watch. And like, it's one of my movies that I quote all the fucking time. Again, it's not everybody's cup of tea very rough uh, it can get annoying but it's just it, it's once if you're into that kind of humor once you get it like it's it's just great all around how do you feel about it
2: good Jay uh, yeah no I mean definitely grew up on but definitely I cannot sit here and bash it and say that you know it, it is very weird you know it's an eccentric taste but I mean I was down I I I watched it as much as I could. And um, if you look at it, I, I feel that Beavis and Bloodhead was kind of ahead of his time for the simple fact that this is something that we all did. I don't know about you, Jake, or I don't know about you, Val, but I know personally I did. Um, we kind of did this. I'm trying to put a time frame on it, but I don't remember. But I remember getting home from school, watching TRL, watching, you know, 106 in Park. Um, there was another one. B.T. the basement, you get know what I'm saying? Well, we just sit there and watch. Yeah. yeah, we would sit there watch music videos and talk about them and dissect them. And if, you know, we didn't agree with them, we would just, you know, rip them apart like they did. So it was very ahead of its time, I think. and Butthead, um, and honestly, some of uh, um, some of the music uh, music videos that they did, I still love to this day because I remember I forgot what episode it was and I fell in love with it. I think it was prod, prodigy yes, firestarter. It was firestarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. and then i think they i don't know if, i don't know if it was them but i remember seeing a episode and that video was very fucking bugged out i think it was tool schism and stuff like that i think they did it there so i mean but definitely kudos and a groundbreaker for that era because it ran for 8 seasons you get what i'm saying so it was watched and it was um popular and they made
1: again, the Again for, for MTV, because again MTV wasn't really like it wasn't known for its animation, mm-hmm. but the few animations that it did have, mm-hmm. again, I think that they did very well with them. Not all of them, but No, oh, yeah. <laughs> and,
2: and I agree with you guys, you know, definitely uh we got Hank Hill out of here. And still so to this day, you know, um uh one of my favorite lines, I don't know if it was the movie or the show, but I say with one of my friends, uh we say with one of our friends, of uh, Jeremy. Um I think it was the movie, but it was the part where they were like, uh, "Butthead was like, Oh, we should we should get some some women to do our biddings.' Hey, baby, don't go too far <laughs> yeah, or shit what like.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: don't go too far. <laughs> like this is it, you know, I it has these iconic moments and shit that stick out so to this day. You know, be this with the Arnolfo oh, yeah, oh, and stuff like that, and that was very popular. I feel like that was kind of like you know the the what's that from Scream and stuff like that in a scary movie, you know, so. It's definitely a cool pig. It didn't make my top five, but it definitely is an honorable mention for me. Yeah, I,
0: I would give this an honorable mention. Um, Mike Judge knows how to really narrow down on a specific audience, whether it's King of the Hill and just that small town Texas vibe to teenage <laughs> angst who were getting in Beavis and Budhead. Yeah. Right there, that was like the byproduct of like Nirvana, grunge music, metal music from that early 90s era. And just that that, you know, mm-hmm. don't give a fuck attitude like that. We're not going to even be an overachiever. We're going to be an underachiever. We're going to sit down and just rank on shit all day and just <laughs> like spit on shit all day and take bullshit jobs and not even know what the fuck we're doing. Like, Beavis <laughs> and Butthead was groundbreaking because it captured the spirit of children at that time, at that age, at that demographic right there. And even spun mm-hmm. out great shows like Daria. And Daria came out of Daria. being some yeah. as well, too. I
3: that,
0: yeah. <laughs> um, and I just think that, like, yeah, like, it was crude, rude, and it was ahead of its time as well, too. And I think because it was that niche audience, even though people were watching it for eight seasons, it doesn't get that love or that respect because it was for that specific audience. I think for the same reason, King of the Hell has the same issue as well, too. Like, it doesn't branch off to other demographics. It's just that core. Um, but I love it. The music video is great seeing Megadeth or a fucking tool mm-hmm. on that shit and them just fucking saying this shit sucks. <laughs> like, like, <Yeah. laughs>
1: this blows <laughs> one of my favorite things that they did was like like they would you know how they were constantly laughing like <laughs> Right, and then if something happened, they do—they would just stop and just like—and <laughs> <just be quiet. laughs>
3: you would just see that look on their face, yeah, like. Uh, <laughs> you know,
0: stop. To, to no, put that to bro no. like the movie is great like I don't care what anybody says that is like the most successful movie to come out of like a series in a long time you know that fucking 24 movie that shit has nothing on fucking Beavis and Butthead to America <laughs> bro I can sing fucking roller coaster <laughs> love. All day and dance at a casino like they do. Like it's fantastic. <laughs> Them, um, oh my god, with the old lady. Oh, we're going to Vegas and I'm gonna play some slots. Yeah. You're gonna play with some sluts.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <What>? <laughs> oh,
1: no, I quote that movie all the fucking time. Like I think the other day I was like. Does this say vanish <laughs> gonna... <laughs> you know? Um, yeah, no, that, that movie is just uh, it, the, the well, it's it just like compared to the Simpsons like, I I do I did enjoy the Simpsons, but a part of it felt better, whereas like these I do compare to seems like very organic.
2: No, did we lose you? Well,
3: Oh okay, no, you like, know, I, I got silent for a yeah, second. Yeah, no, 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 but
0: um, yeah. you know, uh, one thing, go ahead, Jake. I, I know you have something to say. Go for it. Hello. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, do, I
2: thought hey. Jay had something to say. My bad. Oh, do oh, no, know,, no. Uh, I thought you said Jake. My my fault. I apologize. Um, since we cut out and stuff like that. But yeah, no, I that was one of my favorite parts. I just wanted to piggyback off of Jake, where you know they were just watching the video and they were just sitting there chuckling like. <laughs> And then when something happened that they disagreed, like their eyeballs would flare up or something like, whoa. You know <laughs> like, whoa. <laughs> Rip it apart. <laughs> and it just still blows my mind that these dudes look like they're well in their <laughs> – With their race. short shorts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah. <laughs> short shorts and Metallica and ACDC shirts. They would be trendy right now. In <laughs> 2020, they would be and the and trend. That.
2: Oh. oh, hell yeah, bro. I think people would drop dress- If
0: they go to White side.
2: <laughs>
0: oh, of course, how are you going to discredit? How could anybody discredit the, the the fantastic song that came out of Beards and Butthead to America, Lesbian Seagull? I mean, that is like the best song to come out of that movie, oh, Lesbian I, Seagull. Um,
3: <laughs> I forgot.
1: And come and rest with me. <laughs> watching. Watching. <laughs> oh, my um, you need to my Miranda, right? You
0: know, I-, I just thought about something, Jake. You mentioned a certain cartoon. I don't think this is gonna be on anybody's list as number one, and I'm I, we're probably going to hear some from some feedback from that, most likely, but it's just interesting. I don't know. We, it might. It might. We, we still have our number one and, and Jay's number two to f- to finalize, but mm-hmm. interesting. Uh,
2: yeah, but just to, to uh, talk about the, uh, Daria. Daria, Dar, Daria was hard for me. I was definitely going to do Daria. But I, I love Daria. But I remember staying up late, watching that shit, just to honor this. Stuff that she would deal with, that, you know, teenagers our age would deal with. Stuff. So, I uh, and yeah, definitely thank God for abuse and because if not, be like, <laughs> well, <laughs> sir,
0: let's go with your number two.
2: <laughs> My number two. So I'm probably gonna get heat for this one, and I don't care. But we're gonna go totally from the opposite ends of the spectrum. We're gonna go for abuse and blood. And we're just going to jump to a bunch of little diaper-wearing babies, <laughs> rascals. <laughs> you know, I just gave it away with that. But just sandbox adventures, dinosaurs, and, you know, where everything to them was just an adventure. And I loved the drawing. And I love – because I was like that as well, you know, when I was growing up in PR where everything to me was an adventure. And my number two is Rugrats. So – rugrats this could have easily been my number one but i remember binge watching rugrats every day every day bro like i would i wouldn't miss him but i think i just gravitated to it It was just like the fantasy world of you know tommy pickles just being a one-year-old being very brave for his age you get what i'm saying and then his best friend was chucky and he was just like the super paranoid one like no let's not do that tommy i don't want to do that i don't want to get out of the little playpen and to them just everything was an adventure and I don't care. Those chocolate chip and cookies yes, look they amazing. did. <laughs> they did. always, <laughs> always baking chocolate chip cookies. You so
1: know what?
0: We just pulled under their no. diapers? The, the Reptar bar was always my shit. I always wanted a fucking Reptar bar.
2: Yeah. The rep- okay. was, was great, bro. Yeah, and I, I just loved it because the drawing was very weird. You know, it's kind of like that Ed, Ed, and Eddie. be with some butthead. Um, but to me, I think it was just very adventurous, you know, and very – Everything was an adventure to them, bro. It was like they, their house, their playpen. Like I remember episodes where they were just in the playpen and they would just go on these adventures and jungle, and whatever, you know, fighting lions, fighting reptiles, fighting robots and things of that nature. And, you know, just the diverse cast. Like, hey, Arnold, Eddie, um, you had Chucky. I love feeling little, bro. The weirdos, eccentric, Ian boogers and stuff like that. Ian you know, insects. Bitch-ass
1: dad. You know, remember, you know, remember when their mom walks in on that one episode, she's like, I like Chitty Chitty
2: Bang Bang. <laughs> <laughs> you know she you know she punked the shit out of her pops like that. You know she punked him, bro. <laughs> And I don't know, bro. It was, just, it was just great, you know. And then I, I love uh, the grandfather where he was always in charge, but he was always sleeping, so that's what let them go on their crazy escapades, you know. Angelica, where she always had that doll, and that doll was just like everything for her. And then
0: Cynthia, uh-huh. tragic
2: <laughs> what? Cynthia, yeah. And we've seen adventures with her and Cynthia and stuff like that, you know. Um, Spike got the dog's name. Uh, I Spike. There you go. Yeah. So I don't know. I think it was just. That's what I loved about it. It was just like an adventure world. It was kind of like an odyssey, you know. So, and everything was an adventure for them. So, it has to be Rugrats, man, for me, for my number two. Easily could have been number one. I don't know how you guys feel about it. Y'all probably won't nah, work in the nah, for this, nah. But- this is
0: <laughs> like, this could have been in my top five. I really wanted dude. to be in because I love. Everything oh. with Rugrats. I could go, there's so many quotable seasons and episodes that you could talk about. I remember one of my favorite ones is when the grandpa's talking about Satchmo, the, the, the saxophone player. And, they're, and, the, and the kids are like, oh, <laughs> it's Satchmo. Play? But they called him Satchmo. I was rolling with that one. Um, just, uh, just little things no. like Chucky and, and himself uh. and his insecurities being a redhead with glasses. Um, um, just, just no. So many... The gummy, yeah. Oh my god, identity. that right there. Um, the naughty <laughs> videotapes that grandpa would get. Stu is just a fantastic mm-hmm. character of his oh, I love Stu, just being the inventor. His grandparents, the Jewish grandparents, oh yeah. Stu, and, and back in the homeland. <laughs> <laughs> um, the accent, yeah. and how the mom is always looking at lipshits <laughs> <laughs> to raise her kids. That shit's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so great
1: talked about um but i really even at that time i had admired about rugrat was that it wasn't poking fun at jewish community like, what what the jewish community what they yeah. were doing is they were educating um kids on you know jewish beliefs, jewish stories you know I wasn't trying to push up kind of beliefs but like it was a, a very teaching kind of um cartoon and i don't think a lot of people really realize that but i did at that time like they had like a whole two
0: or three Oh, yeah, the, the Passover was episode, episode was is iconic. Was, yeah. Yeah. Let, yeah, my <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let my babies go. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy
2: Pickles well, is the goat. I'll give him 85 cents. Yeah, Tommy Pickles was great. And I know you probably liked it because Reptile oh, was kind up, of like Godzilla. Oh, I remember Reptile yeah. and Ice. That
0: was one of my favorite episodes right there, too.
2: Reptile <laughs> <laughs> Oh, definitely, bro. But, yeah, I don't know, man. Rugrats is great, though. I got nothing bad about, about Rugrats. I, I, I
0: do feel like the movie kind of forced that the dual character just a tad bit, and then how it kind of changed when they brought him into the fold mm-hmm. as well, too. But I gotta say, everything about Rugrats yeah, is fantastic. Did. From Phil and Lil and just their dynamic of being twins, the parents, um, Chucky, Tommy, Angelica, even Susie, just little characters like that... um. I don't know. Just everything just seemed to click in that show from the raunchiness that you got from like Pampers fucking being full of shit to like how babies are just fucking up everything. How Tommy's expert at getting out of his playpen. He's like, I got my little toy screwdriver. Pap, we're out. (laughs) Tommy Pickles is G, man. I love Tommy Pickles
1: remember no. when uh, um, Angelica ran away from home and she tried to live in Spike, uh house? <laughs> it was, it was oh I go to town on Angelica's uh, mom all bossy uh, and
0: shit like that all business type go ahead Stu don't do no it's not Stu it's Drew right uh-huh. Drew's your brother no, Drew, Drew don't Drew, know Drew, what he got yeah, in his hands yeah, right yeah. there what's her sister's name yeah the mom, mom, mom I forgot from? her name I should, I should. Yeah, the mom. Um, no, oh, the yeah, assistant. assistant. Oh, yeah. I forgot.
3: Oh, the
2: assistant. assistant. Yeah, I forgot. Definitely the assistant, but yeah.
1: Um, well, you know the other thing about uh, Rugrats again, I wanted to have this one on my top five so bad because again, it, like, it's, it's just iconic. Um, and I remember like one of the the episodes too that like really uh, that I connected with uh, when when Tommy. Because it was, like, some episodes were very fucking trippy. Um, but when Tommy got sick and, like, you know how he starts seeing, like, his mom and dad as, like, the moon and everything? Because, like, you know, he, he, he's got, like, a fever and, like, he starts going mm-hmm. out but, like, the big, like, musical or something. Like, I re- I remember it being so sick like that when I start like, how oh, this is doing all this weird even then, I was like, wow, this cartoon's so smart. But what I love is how they try to... Basically, they, give closure to a lot of different storylines, I and mean, that's why, um, Regress and Terrence said was to give,
0: um, my man that, Chaz, you know,
2: <laughs> that kind of closure. Yeah. Chaz. <laughs> can't, can't, can't fuck yeah. with Chaz,
0: bro, with that mustache and those glasses. <laughs> you know, Chaz's body. I don't give a I don't care what anybody says. If there was a POF over there, Chaz would be on it all day chad finster
3: oh
0: god
1: <laughs> even even rugrats all grown up you know like like i i think that i think it was I, I liked rugrats all grown up it wasn't as good as you know as the original but i mean they tried and they got all these same actors you know voice actors to to, to play the role so again it was just part of that closure they tried to like bring it all full circle mm-hmm. so
2: really good yeah it was it was a cool attempt it was kind of like uh saved by the bell college years and things like that you know but i just think it just didn't work because we were used to just like their little adventurous innocent style so but i mean it was cool for what it was worth but i just really didn't get into so all grown up and stuff like that And like val said definitely dill was just like forced like i guess it was just like okay let's give him the new age Tommy Pickles you together. Yeah. saying, so
0: great pick though, bro. Oh, like that's a phenomenal yeah. pick, seriously.
2: <laughs> oh, I thought, y'all, now, I thought y'all guys, you guys. Know, not, not, some not at all. For not that.
0: at all. <laughs> um, So we're gonna get down to our number ones right here. Now, how do you guys want to do this? You want to do honorable mentions first before you give your pick, or do you want to do it afterwards? Oh, <laughs> we can
2: do honorable mentions. All right. So Come before I get my
0: number one, here are my honorable mentions. Definitely, Rugrats is in there. Gargoyles is also in there as well, too. Um, I do love SWAT Cats, bro. Like SWAT Cats is like a hidden gem for me. Not a lot of people know that, but know. like two seasons of just two fucking cats going ripping on people with jets is just fantastic to me. Ah, um, oh man, Bobby's World—that's another one that was just a really great show to me. Um, ah, damn, man, Doug. Doug is like was gonna be on my list as well too. Like I was I was going back and forth with Doug. And um uh, Ariel Monsters. That was gonna be on my list as well too. I just the grittiness and the craziness of mm. Ariel Monsters, how crazy the animation was, I just love it. Oh man. Alright. Number Uno. Number Uno for mm-hmm. me. Uh, this one is—I'm sorry, a lot of people. For if you already know my list, you're probably gonna guess what my number one is. Being a, a superhero nerd, being a comic book nerd as well too, I feel like there's only one show that captivates the '90s when it comes to like superheroes and just it, how it expanded the universe itself and how it took what Tim Burton made in 1989 and just went off the rails in a positive direction it was a mix of that old 1930s like gangster with new age philosophies as well too it brought different characters to the audience it gave us new insight on certain characters and villains um, gave us new insights on sidekicks as well too and it spanned off so many series like Superman like the Justice League as well too um Batman the anime series is gonna be my number one when it comes to com oh, sorry when it comes to animation of the 90s. Um, just the animation itself that 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 opening sequence of just uh, the explosion and the gangsters run away from it Batman in the silhouette and you just see his eyes and it just has that introduction of I am the night I am Batman so great Bruce Tim such a fucking phenomenal person as well too Batman's voice is so iconic in that show Um all the storylines from Poison Ivy to Clayface to even Robin's storyline as well too, you know, knowing who murdered his parents and how he's going to AWOL and how he's about to cross the line. Like this talked about death. This talked about people, you know, losing your family and revenge and out for blood. And this is the good guy going out for blood and how Batman has to reel him in knowing that that's what he wants eventually too. like he wants to find the murderers of his family, essentially. He wants to stop crying forever, so he has to pull back the curtain for Robin and how difficult that is for him. And with that, too, you spun off other characters like Nightwing because he doesn't want to be part of Batman's shadow there. Um, you got Harley Quinn, man, and Harley Quinn came out of the Batman animated series. She was not involved in any kind of comic books whatsoever. It was because this show is why we have Harley Quinn today. And, of course, um, uh, my man Mark Hamill. Um, you have my man just iconic <laughs> iconic voice like his voice as a joker there's no other better voice actor that could play that joker there's come close there's some people out there that are pretty okay with that voice but the laugh and just the the seductiveness of how creepy he can be but lord you at the same time the the chaotic nature of what he brings to that character and the drawing of that character is so iconic in my opinion um everything about the series is just phenomenal character development um the, everything from the Batmobile to the Batcave to Alfred and different stories of that nature Man Bat, like I said uh, Bane, um, Poison Ivy go on and so forth right there, Raz al Ghul they even do the fucking shirtless fight with swords on top of the mountain, that was great right there, like I can geek <laughs> out about that because once again, just like Spider-Man it, it borrows from the source material but it makes it into its own and I think that's the best kind of writing right there where you can borrow something and pay homage to the comic books but at the same time make something that's specifically yours. This is your universe right here. So yeah, that's my number one, guys.
2: That's a uh, that's an excellent pick because you know, you just covered everything and one thing that I did enjoy about this, this was like it just it was a beautiful uh, iteration and they paid homage to God that, you know, that dark beauty, bless you, that dark, you know, aspects to it and stuff like that. And for being a Saturday cartoon, I think it was on Saturdays, I don't remember, but they really didn't dumb it down to what Gotham was, the grittiness, and, you know, Batman's double life and gritty life that he had. You know what I'm saying? Like, for crying out loud, we saw Raza
0: al Ghul and stuff like that.
2: and That sword fight. Well, not even, know, shirtless, not even hit, that, too. You know, like, so this funny. was a show
0: that was on primetime television at night on Sundays. This was, like, before, like... Um, like mm-hmm. this was like following up different shows that were on um Fox at that time as well too. Um, not only even that too, it touched on interesting subjects yeah. of uh, homosexuality with Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. It talked, it talked on um just being an orphan and the loss of of parents and life itself and mm-hmm. revenge, and even spun off to uh, motion pictures as well too. When Batman: Mask of the Phantasm came out, everybody ran to the theaters for an animated cartoon. And even though Mask of the Phantasm doesn't age well, in my opinion, like I tried watching it the other day. I'm like, well, this is more of a love story than anything else instead of an action flick. But I do love it for what it's worth for pop culture. That movie came out. And then Batman Sub-Zero, which you got the awesome Mr. Freeze storyline with Nora. And I think I have never seen a Mr. Freeze captivate me on an emotional level since that since that arc right there. I, I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger is great, yeah. but yeah. that right there. I, I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I love Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze. too, uh, you know, <laughs> But <laughs> I love it.
2: <laughs> I was going to say. Everybody, chill. yo But how, how do you feel, like, about, like, it, you know, to, to us is Freeze, but then in the Gotham, frice Like, I don't know how nah, do you feel about nah, that. No, nah. no. Like, it was just, it was just weird. I understand yeah, why. Because like, his name Price? is spelled
0: like Fryce. That's why. Yeah. So I I get it. But no, like, yeah. there's a lot of things I don't like about Gotham for that reason alone. But it has this. It, I know you love it, bro. I, I understand that. I just, I feel like. I feel like it, no, it, it, for, for what it's worth, it changed way too many things for me um, that I was not comfortable with. I was like, oh, <laughs> you're really playing with my heartstrings right now, making a little evil Bruce Wayne with a fucking Ra's al Ghul. I'm like, oh. I don't know mm-hmm. if I want that, but I don't know. I just I feel like the anime series gave us so, <laughs> so many iconic characters and so many iconic scenes. Like I remember specifically watching it. And looking at, like, the Penguin Saga and the Oswald Cobblepot story, and um, just the rogue villains that were attacking Batman on a constant level, Um, even female villains. I think if there's anything that I can say about a rogues gallery, I think Batman has a healthy amount of female villains that could be very competitive with him. Um, You look at your Harley Quinns and your Poison Ivies of the world as well, too, um, and I feel like these are female villains that take the mantle better than a spider-man villain or even a flash villain as well too i think they kind of take the cake in my opinion when it comes to the animated series jake do you have any emotional attachment to this or any kind of attachment to the animated series for batman
1: i do um i unfortunately didn't catch it till like towards the later years um but i one thing that always stuck in my mind was like the dark and grittiness of gotham and um I, quite besides besides you know getting into Men, i think this is the one other like superhero um cartoon that i got into at the very early age that really opened up my mind and like kind of introduced me to the superhero world uh, world prior to that um i didn't really too much for like for, for, I, I didn't really have any knowledge of you know superheroes and you, you know that kind of aspect in the world, but um, I I think that this Joker, um, you know, in any kind of debate or talk about Joker's, I think the Joker always is included because whenever he was uh, on an episode, whenever he was present, like you know, and he really made his mark there. Um But I think what it also kind of did too
3: was
1: uh, it's just like you said, like. Batman has like some of the best characters um, and uh, the way that this animated series brought them to life um, it, like that was just a perfect it's a close words but like I almost want to say perfect you know what I mean um, because because of this series though like I started getting into like early Batman games um, that I remember playing like um, day yeah um, again, I didn't get into it to the later years, but I
0: did thoroughly enjoy this. Uh, Sweet, okay. yeah. I mean, like, I, I, I gotta say, like, I <laughs> for anybody that needs, like, a real great, inter- uh, I guess, introduction to Batman, I always say comics, but if you can't do comics right now, the anime series is so great for you just to fall into because it gives you who Batman is, what his moves are, who are his villains and what their moves are. And mm-hmm. basically, you get to see the duality that Batman... Bruce Wayne is Batman. Like, Batman is who he is. Bruce Wayne is the mask. And I think they do that really well in this as well, too.
1: Oh, yeah. you, you just kind of. I'm, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, but, like, I, I do have to piggyback off that. It's, like, one thing I've always loved about the Batman character is that, like, whoever plays Batman, whether you're voicing them or actually portraying them, like, on a live-action film, it, you have to do Bruce Wayne and Batman. They are almost two entirely different people in a Tell way. Tell that to George Clooney. Um, but, like, still together. <laughs>
3: <laughs> oh, so but but
1: it's true. Um, whenever I do look at a Batman character or whoever's playing, I always look at, how are you doing your Bruce Wayne and how are you doing your Batman? Like You have to do them both on point. and And, um, yeah, like this cartoon... <laughs> like, uh, uh,
2: perfect Mm -hmm. no i i agree one thing before uh i just want to add that i totally forgot that's one thing that i really enjoyed about the animated series because i think it had uh that very kind of you know noir style to it you see it from the font you see it from the characters drawing and stuff like that even when they made the series you know like they uh they went back to that kind of timeless black and white Mm -hmm. tile you know setting it up when they were Putting the episodes together and things of that nature. So, and it came out like it's colorful. It has its you know its colors to it, but it's very noir esque
0: style, and that's why I also enjoyed it and stuff like that.
3: Mm-mm-mm. The animated. So that's series. my number
0: one guy. It's Jake. Deliver us your number uno.
1: All right. So just to give my quick um, honorable uh, mentions. Uh, uh, what are they called? Honorable mentions. Honorable mentions. <laughs> um i will say that like the later part or the latter part of the 90 years, i think that that's where like cartoons really started to take off like as far as you know going into that different direction to that greediness or to you know a, a cartoon with more substance um i felt like the first half of it was very experimental and um you know kind of um testing the waters but a lot of it was still very silly Because it was coming off of the, you know, the 80s where um, cartoons were either really dry or, you know, meant to just be cartoons. Whereas the later, the latter 90 years was really starting to play into trying to grasp different audiences. Uh, So some honorable mentions is like the first one, um, SpongeBob, right off the bat. SpongeBob should have been on my top five. But again, this was a very, very, very hard thing for me. SpongeBob started in, um, I want to say mid to late (laughs) 99. So I still count it, Um, but like Spongebob, like it has to give its credit because like Spongebob, you can tell it would be like the early seasons. You could tell this was something right out of the late 90s or early 2000s just because of its animation, because of its humor and and because of the way it just like executed um, certain aspects of the cartoon. The other one, again, a late 90s cartoon, Batman Beyond. Uh, I, I again I caught the very end of the batman animated series, but Batman Beyond was one that got me even more it was darker it was grittier, and um I loved you know the 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 concept of trying to crown that new batman um batman and and i liked the i i like the villains that they had i really really liked the villains that they had in Batman Beyond um and i love how i love the continuance of the story, another late nineties cartoon. Uh, again, these are all late 90s cartoons, but again, uh, Rocket Power is another one that um, I used to really enjoy watching as a kid. Um, nothing crazy about it. It was just a bunch of friends hanging out. Um, we also got to give credit to uh, uh, South Park. South Park is a mid-90s um, uh, cartoon that came out that it really it gave you everything different. Like, yes, a lot of these cartoons did um test the waters but South Park said no fuck you we're gonna go all the way and um a lot of episodes are hit and miss but it's still an iconic cartoon and um when it finally does end it's gonna be very sad (laughs) um so yeah those are just a couple of few um honorable mentions that I have there Oh, uh, oh, and Doctor Cat. I don't remember. I don't know if anybody remembers Doctor. Oh, I'm her the, <laughs> uh, the critic. I
3: love it. Oh yeah, I remember yeah, the critic. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, critic was one of my favorites because I love um, that actor. Uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Why
3: do I feel like
2: is that is that do the dude from the Benchwarmers? If you bail that, they'll come. Like
1: <laughs> I feel like he looks just like him. Yes, it is. John Lovett. <laughs> yeah, John. John Lovett. John Lovett. <laughs> He's hilarious. That that is a total 90s cartoon. Um, uh, It's sad. It didn't get a lot of attention. I don't know why, uh, but that was a very funny cartoon. Um, Very, very adult humor. Anyway, my number one take, and I'm probably going to hit you for this. I already know what it is, but go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, you do. Um, but the reason why I love this cartoon, though, is because, like, out of, out of everything, this is probably the biggest nostalgia feeling for me. Late 90s cartoon. Um, but, like, I kind of had a very, very dark childhood. And, like, some of my happiest moments um, involved just the smallest pieces of, of, of you know, just the smallest, most meaningless moments that just mean a lot to me. Um, me, my grandmother, and my dad used to watch this all the fucking time like as soon as it was time like we all went to the living room and and they used to watch this with me um it is bizarre it's not for the faint of heart um i love the animation um it was kind of depressing in so many ways like there were a lot of depressing fucking episodes um, but it was just wild, and I loved I, I loved the dryness and the creepiness and the eeriness of it. Um, Curse of Cowardly Dog is by far like my favorite cartoon <laughs> of all time. I know you're going to hate me for it. Yes, I put it over X-Men because, again, it was like um, the, the, the courage as a character. Um, I, I mean, really, he has nothing going for him other than the weird shit that he can transform into when he's trying to sell... Um, Muriel like oh my god like there's this billing at the door you know trying to warn her um, he, he again he has nothing other than um, his courage literally what it is um, he manages to win every single time just because he doesn't give up just because he doesn't stop and I always love that part of the cartoon because he literally is the average Joe in, 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 in Dog I guess because when he was abandoned not knowing where he. Going, you know, but what, what his childhood was, or you know, what his life was, um, this woman came, found him, and gave him love, gave him shelter. So his job, you know, as a dog, is to protect her. Uh, so I love that. I love how they always stuck with that, no matter what. Like literally, like, um, and as you know, someone who's early into his animals and knows, like, we have one of the yippiest fucking dogs, you know, in, in the world, I literally at the least blowing in the wind but like sometimes when she barks I picture her trying to do some like courage you know trying to transform into like some monster trying to warn us like look this is what's outside love it um but it had very 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 emotional um episodes especially with some of the villains actually not villains at all there was somebody with like either a dark path um I don't know if that, I remember the one episode um if I did watch it with, like, the leg lesbian cat, and they were being <laughs> treated by the dog. <laughs> you know, that was, yeah, they got a rubber Yeah, that was like kind of depressing. It was it really was. sad because it, it did catch up on, um, on uh, domestic violence, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, you know, it was just episode that. That was like, mm-hmm. really hard to work on my dad. Um, mm-hmm. But again, it's I'm I'm, and I'm very 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 close with my grandmother, so like, you know, courage and Muriel, like that to me, again, that's that's what that you know connection was. So (laughs) it's fucking funny, it's weird, (laughs) yeah.
2: You good
0: over there? (laughs) My my doll's going nuts around me. She's (laughs) doing her own courage right now.
2: No, I mean, uh, no, that's a cool pick, bro. Like, you know, because um, I mean, I never really got into courage, but I see where, you know, um, it kind of has to kind of do with my number one as well. It has a similar trait. And yeah, I mean, it, I felt like, you know, a lot of, of us growing up always had our fears of, if it was either paranormal events, things of that nature or whatever it was, you know. So courage was kind of like. You know, I'm not saying us, but you know, we all we all had a little courage in us. You get what I'm saying? So that's why I kind of kind of say it's like not my one of my favorite that I gravitated to, but I could see why. You know, um, I just couldn't get over the fact that I think she just, just like had a cavity the whole fucking time, bro. Like that little thing, <laughs> that hole in the tooth. What was that? <laughs> that yeah, I was like, yo, what's going on here, bro? Like, so I mean, no, but that's a cool pick, though. I mean. Uh, I used to watch it here and there, but... Um, ah, man, so, it, like, good. Yeah, huh? go ahead.
1: No, I was going to say, one of, one of my favorite things about him is I'm, I, I I really don't remember the timeline because I, mm. I had read about it, but, like, like, some of the... It was either the first half or the last half, but, like, half of the show, he never talked other than just, like, screamed and, and, and turned into something, so I thought that that was very powerful. A main character who hardly talked throughout the thing and just kind of like, you know, did um, motion. You know, that's that's how they, you know, communicated. Where you know, either in the later half or the earlier half, you know, he was talking. He did have some personality, but you still, when he was talking or not, you still knew who his personality was just because of, you know, his facial expressions and the weird shit so that like- he would do on his a-
0: yeah, like, like that. That I think that's why yeah. I never gravitated to Courage because I fell in love with, when they did the whole. What was it? What a cartoon or cartoon cartoon shorts, and you had that first initial Courage um yeah. short, which was, yeah. I believe it was like the Chicken from Space. Okay, it was like laying yeah. like the freaking yeah. like horrible <laughs> alien eggs, and everybody was eating them, turning into zombies and shit like that. Like, that was great. I was sold. I'm like, oh, this is like a hard, hard team. Like, I'm down. This chicken looks menacing with his red eyes. It's about to kill me. Like, super down. And I love the fact that, you know, the dynamic with Courage, uh, the uh, I guess the grandfather and and uh, what's her name? Miriam? Okay. Mariel. Um They Mariel. were a fun dynamic. Yeah, I love, Mariel. you know, w- 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 what was the grandfather's name? What's his name?
1: <laughs>
0: yes. Sir. When my man <laughs> comes with a little Ooga booga, booga mass, I always died. But like I agree that like these episodes, the first episodes, or at least the first um early seasons, I love the fact that Courage wasn't really speaking that much. Like he would say a couple of words that like would come out here and there, but very much it was character acting. It was, you know, trying to like embody what the situation was. And then when they gave him a voice and he started like talking like it was nothing, like going on computer sites and like having chats with people, I was like I really don't need this because what I got out of it was me seeing through the lines and trying to read through the lines of courage. I think that was much more, was, was much more powerful. And then, straight up, mm. to be honest, like I, I think it's a great show. I wish I would have got into it more because mm. I love horror-themed cartoons. Um, I think I can only remember two episodes. That one, and then there's another one for an Evil Cat that always had this awesome music in the background. I was like... Like that was an awesome episode yeah, as well too. because That cat looked menacing. I hate cats to begin with, so that worked out for me because I was like, "Yeah, fuck this guy." But like, <laughs> no, I, I'm sorry, bro. I hate cats. Like cats are like, cats are like, I can't.
2: No, I mean I feel probably I don't trust them. I don't like cats either. I mean I love animals, but, but you I know, can't, courage was
0: you know it's cool, and I know probably. I know how much you love courage. I know how much. It's in your DNA because of, you know, of what you grew up with and how this was, like, such like a it, – it, it was, like, your companion growing up. Courage was, is so synonymous. Hell, if I can get you a Courage Plus, I would because, like, I know that character is, like, your, your <laughs> like –
3: yeah, that is your everything. Like how I
0: feel <laughs> like fucking Nightwing is to me. Like i I'm or Dick Grayson. I, I feel like courage is to you as well, too. So like I understand the love for that character, trust me. I just I wish I would have maybe committed more to the series at that time. Um I maybe it's just when I tried to get into it again, I started seeing him talk a little bit too much, and I was like, Well, the suspense is gone now. Like the horror aspect is gone, and now this is full on campy and cartoonish, and like I like those early What A Cartoon episodes, like the original Dexter, um, the original, you know, Cow and Chicken and the original um, mm. Courage. I feel like they were more grainy. You know, they, 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 they fought for, for it to be grainy. Mm-hmm. And then once they got comfortable, it started becoming another product of Cartoon Network. I'm not trying to bash on it at all. I'm just saying, like, that's why I didn't get it. But I do respect it, though, because I love horror genre. Like, yeah, anything horror genre, was a cartoon or a show, I'm all in. Sweet. Oh, All right, right, Jay. You have the honor of yeah. closing this out <laughs> now. <laughs>
2: uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, I, I, wow. Damn. I feel like I got to deliver now with my pick. Shit. Um, so, yeah. My number one. Oh, before I get into my number one, I'll give some of my honorable mentions.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Go ahead. No, what he say?
1: what you say, Jay? <laughs>
2: I said, I hate it already. Oh, yeah. See, probably, probably you guys are going to hate it because I don't even think yes said honorable mention. So, yeah, definitely going to hate it. But um, some of my honorable mentions, ooh, I would have to go with Mr. Blue Bear awesome. from the Jungle Book and Tailspins. You know, I love Tailspin. Yeah, it was ooh. great. Yeah, I grew up on Tailspin hard. You know, my brother, he he loved airplanes. So, he kind of put this show on to me as well. So, I love Tailspins. That's pretty cool. Um, Another honorable mention, uh, Darkwing Duck, since I was into the whole superhero things like that, you know, and Darkwing Duck was a little kooky superhero and stuff like that. We saw a little imitation bootleg shocker in there. Um, I forgot his name. Um, damn, what was his name? Yeah. He had the little battery on his back. But um, yeah, Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Darkwing Duck was great, you know, and the help of his daughter. Like, you know, she was kind of like his sidekick and stuff like that. Um, You mentioned it. Um, I would have to go with Gargoyles as well. I think it was pretty badass, like the whole synopsis and thing of it where we saw these gargoyles and what was it like Scotland a thousand years before seeing them in New York and stuff like that. So anything New York as well, I'm gonna gravitate to that gritty aspect and
0: stuff nah, like that. F that. F that. Bronx, That's why it didn't I didn't make it. my list. <laughs> Bro, because the best it. the best freaking <laughs> fuck, borough no, is a fucking that. dog. Nah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I love it though, bro. Fuck that. We can have that misconception and that grittiness. <laughs> Leave Bronx the dog, bro. <laughs> like um, Bronx is fucking awesome. Like another one, um uh Jake was talking about Beavis and Butthead, you know, Daria. It was cool because Daria kind of was like weird before weird, weird being cool. You know what I'm saying? Nowadays it's cool to be weird, it's cool to be different, you know. And Daria was that before that now. You get what I'm saying to her. She was the shit in her world. You were gonna say something,
1: Jake? Oh. No, I'm agreeing. Yeah. Oh yeah,
2: like you know. So to her, she was you know the bee's knees in her world, and she didn't care about anybody else. So that's why, like uh, Daria. Um,
0: oh, bro, I Recess. forgot about. Th- I, I forgot to put that in my honorable mention. How- that's where I got the DW from. That's what I was mentoring DW because yeah. she's from Recess as well too. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I love recess, you know, just seeing um, at a much more toned down level of what school can be, you know, where school has kind of like a hierarchy system and stuff like that. And you saw that in recess with the whole playground and things like that. So I I, I like recess That's an honorable mention for me. And my last honorable mention, I don't this is going to be left field. Oh, I would man, have to say to the magic school was, shit. bro. I love the Magic School Jackson Bus. Jackson <laughs> chameleon was
3: the best part.
2: Yeah, I love Magic School Bus. <laughs> I love Magic School Bus, Miss Frizzle, bro. She made science fun. I remember coming home from school, watching it with my brother, just going to town. Where, you know, she used to uh, just shrink to a tiny size, go on people's bodies or whatever it was, and just exploring science. I think it made it pretty rad for, for us growing up. So Magic School Bus is one of my honorable mentions. But um, yeah, those honorable mentions. Mm. My number one, I'm going to probably get flamed, but my number one is my all-time favorite. Um, 90s cartoon, hands down. I remember going to town on it constantly, and I still watch it to this day. I have it on my Hulu, and I never get tired of it. The drawing the adventures, I can relate to it because it's a teenager in his preteen years. You know, going through issues and stuff like that, moving to a new town, trying to fit mm. in. They set him up. Go catch a nematode. It didn't exist, you know? <laughs> like, it, you know, he couldn't catch it, but then, you know, Roger heard it. Uh, I'm sure I gave it away. But, you know, um, my number one is Doug. Yeah, I have to go with Doug. Doug is my all-time favorite 90s cartoon. Yeah. Um, it was just very easy to gravitate to because we saw, you know, those preteen adventures that we go through and stuff like that from from the having a crush falling in love with Patty Mayonnaise. Um, Patty what? Mayonnaise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> not, not to hijack this for you real quickly, yeah. but I remember one distinct episode but, uh... that pissed me off about Patty Mayonnaise. It mm-hmm. was the episode when he was doing mm-hmm. his magic, the little Vinny Vinny Vinci shit. What? And like, he handcuffs himself to and really? She's oh, yeah. a bitch throughout the whole episode. she's like I don't want to be with you, Doug. I don't want to. Yeah. Can you take this shit off already? Yeah. I'm like, bro, Doug, hey. go 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 fuck with BB. Bibi. BB's rich, yeah. you know. BB got a boat. Yeah. Like, BB's that Word.
3: girl right
0: now. Bro. <laughs>
2: word than as no be investing chuck taylor's bro we be, be going up you, <laughs> like <laughs> no but i but i agree with you and it's just you know it resonates because we all had that that little you know kind of i want to escape from reality where he created these alter egos and these adventures from quail man things of that nature his best friend besides um skeeter it was his dog pork chops um you know me me and my dog, old Rudy and stuff like that I love him um and one thing that resonates where it definitely was ahead of his time for me in my sense that bro I I journal every fucking day really like you know I'm always journaling my life now and Doug you know it was ahead of his time because I look at it now and I'm like damn bro I I I see it and I'm always journaling sometimes I tell myself yo get the fuck out of these pages you know what I'm saying but it's very therapeutic so um mm-hmm. and just seeing it, it it resonates with me on every level and i, I love doug man and the drawing of uh, the neighbors um i know we had um uh, just the adventures that he would go on i don't know it, it's great man it's great and i, I just love it bro it, it's like special to me because like i said you know where you said oh patty mayonnaise was a bitch i remember up. I'll, I'll spill my heart out on the podcast. I don't care because I was young and old me. I remember fifth grade. I, I used to have a fucking crush on some shorty. Bro, I, I used to try to get the shorty to see fucking stars for me, but I would always get shot down. <laughs> so, like, you know, just seeing Doug with all that stuff with those episodes that he would go through with Patty and stuff like that, it was just kind of like, okay, I, mean, I can gravitate to you, Doug. You no, know bro, so, that is Yeah, an and I'm awesome going these Doug pick, hands down. Like- I love Doug.
0: Uh, everything from like the yeah, a, ne- ne- that's nematode that's episode to like even like what was it when he's dressed like the slug and he like he does the dance, everybody do the slug <laughs>
2: yes. Yes. the the, the beans on a trash can kind of, like, tofu <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> Who was the other on one the street laugh like...
3: think big?
2: Yeah, it's like big. <laughs> no, definitely, bro. I love Doug, man. It's great, bro. How do you feel about Doug, Jake? <laughs>
1: Oh man, Doug Doug used to be my shit for for <laughs> such a long time. I think the one episode that always stuck out in my mind. Oh was, yes, um, when he did like the liver and onions challenge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> everyone in the, the in, in the restaurant was like all like <gasps> liver and onions, you know. <laughs> um, but like like you're right um i think i think more so like what that cartoon did is it kind of like resonated with like that pre and the growing up and you know the feelings that you get and like the kind of purity kind of thing um but like roger, Klotz, like, <laughs> roger you know, the um,
3: <laughs> even the name is terrible <laughs> yeah roger clots
1: <laughs> <laughs> but he was like the way they the way that they established him, like he was he was he was a villain. Like he was an asshole, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like he was scary. So like it resonated with a lot of people who had their own Roger Clots, you know? So like, mm-hmm. um and I think that's why they made him green, you know, to stand out because that's what bullies and people like that do, is that they stand out to you. So, Didn't he have like a um, best friend a very, that very likes very um
0: Roger? That had like freaking one eye looking like he's on Down syndrome or something like that. Yeah. He had, like, purple hair. He had, like, one exposed oh, yeah. eye. That was, that was like, of course,
2: name. whatever. It
3: yeah. was great.
0: Saul i
2: Rogers. I'm, I'm going to check that out, though, Rogers' friend now. Yeah, because I remember, yeah. And, and <laughs> his neighbor was Dink great, bro.
0: like His Dink. wife giving no shits <laughs> about him. He's like, come on, honey. She's like, fuck <laughs> this. <laughs
2: yeah. Right. Oh, you know. it was yes, Judy, right? Yes, the Mr. J- Mr. the Judy. jazz player. Oh, no. was it, who was it? Oh, yeah, Judy. Judy. Yeah, it was Judy. Yeah. The jazz player. Yeah, Judy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Roger had like two, three friends actually. He had the one with the green hair, the purple hair, and then he had the one with the. Uh, <laughs> that looks like Clay Thompson. <laughs> like, <with> the... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like the. the... <laughs> But, uh, I mean, yeah, man, it was great. I think we all could relate to that. I'm trying to find his name, but it was Ned something. Cat, yeah, Ned something. I don't remember. That is bro, an incredible pick. I, I got to say, great, though,
0: guys, I love there's Doug. one cartoon that we'd never picked and we didn't even mention in our honorable mm-hmm. mentions that I find fascinating. Mm-hmm. Before we kind of wrap things up, I want to get your insight okay. on it, why we didn't choose it. Well, no one's ever mentioned The Simpsons.
2: Oh. Well,
0: yeah, I'll,
2: I'll, you're right. yeah I'll, I'll just give my answer flat out is not it doesn't take too much. I just never really got into the Simpsons, honestly. I'll be honest. Like, I mean, I know it's it's still running right now. It's probably one of the most uh, longest episodic running things. And I just never really got into it. I don't know. I mean, I've watched it here and there, but it was just never really my humor. I know it's probably like number one on anybody's list, uh, but not for me. I, I don't know. I just never got into it. I don't know. What about you, Jake?
1: Um. Quite frankly, I love Simpsons. Like I've I've always loved Simpsons. But there's a lot of. Uh, I remember one time. I think it was like one of the first um, marathons that they did. And like me and my brother rushed to find like any available tape that we could find to record it on VHS. And I think we recorded over. Uh, we I think we recorded over a game. Uh, we've done that plenty of times cool about that um but uh <laughs> i remember uh, in, like one of my one of that, but, like, i remember when um homer tries to start his own uh, fighting, the hell thing like uh, it's it, it, it's it's always been a really good person, but i i don't know it just wasn't like a religiously something that i needed to watch like if you know it, it, run of something
0: else I was watching earlier just
1: something on the big and then I would came on it think
0: like five thirst then I would tune into it no yeah I mean like for me myself like I just felt like I looked at the Simpsons as like a sitcom like how dinosaurs were in the nineties and like I feel like it overlapped animation mm-hmm. a happened. and that's that's sacrilege yeah. because it's one of the best cartoons out there, I guess. But just like Jay, like I never really got into Simpsons as hardcore as a lot of people. Like I remember the Treehouse of Horrors and how fun they were. But like I was, I can't like pull out an episode out my ass and say oh, like, yeah. yeah, I love it for this. Like, I can pull characters out my ass and say, yeah, I love them. But like I can't say in an episode specifically that I'm like, oh, cool. Um, and to be honest, this is gonna be weird. But you know what, Jay? I think you're gonna agree with me on this one. Mm-hmm. I think that. I like
1: Futurama more than The Simpsons. Yeah. Oh, yes, Futurama.
2: Yeah. yeah I The same reason to. why
1: I like American Dad more than Family Guy. Like, I do love Futurama <sighs> more than Simpsons.
2: I agree with you on that. I agree with both of you because I think uh, – American uh, Dad. Well, I just forgot the name, bro, and Jake just mentioned it. American uh, dad yeah, I was going to say family dad
3: Because <laughs> I love how family Guy.
2: <laughs> I combine both of them But no, I agree uh, American dad is way better than family guy And definitely Futurama is way better than the Simpsons um, I was going to ask you guys real quick From what I got I don't know, maybe that's why I just probably didn't get into the Simpsons But the Simpsons never really kind of like uh, in my opinion, I don't know. Like I said, I never got into it, so I don't know. Somebody probably listening to this is just like going off, but I never. Every time I watched it, I guess I never really got a a life lesson out of it or something that you know, kind of like made me feel like okay, you could relate to what I relate. You get what I'm saying? I may be wrong, but were there episodes? I, mean, like I heard that? there I mean, were. The why I, didn't
0: get into it. I mean? I heard there were episodes that are very like, such like whatnot, but like yeah. Hmm. For the most part, like I, I can't say that that anything resonated to me. Like I'm sorry, like my pops never yoked me out like he yoked out Bart Simpson, so I can't really like look yeah. back and be like, yeah, you know, my dad's like that sometimes. <laughs> so i mean, mom. My mom sent me with the belts, and you know, she burnt cigarettes on me by accident, accident, by accident, quote unquote. But like I can't, I can't really sit here and say I can relate to Bart or Lisa or anybody in that show. Um, I can laugh at them, and I can laugh at the crazy experiences they yeah. had. Like fucking Ned Flanders is the best, but like other than that, like I just don't have an emotional attachment to okay. Simpsons like a lot of people do.
2: No, I, I I agree with you a thousand percent. I think that's what it was for me because like at least the episodes that I quoted, I was like, eh, I'm not Hell getting. Oh no yes,
3: I'm out mad it, that bro. we didn't. Well, this, 90s, yes, this is nineties. This is nineties. Right. <laughs>
0: Yeah, this is nice. this well is guys nice. this has yeah, been a fantastic episode bro. Jake I'm gonna start off with you where can people find you if they want to talk to you about cartoons if they wanted to say courage was inspiration to me like it was to you where can people find you and talk to you
1: <laughs> write a letter and then send a pigeon <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mike Tyson that
3: would be, be
1: on my pigeon. top 2000s
0: fucking animation right there Mike Tyson this um,
3: series is the best <laughs>
2: <laughs> I I I, know, I agree with you. That shit was funny. I know which one would probably be on the is five. great probably though. Metalpocalypse, bro. I can see that yeah, being <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs>
2: What was the the, the cracked out clan? One. Oh the cra- oh, uh, the cracked oh, out oh, clan?
0: Fuck it's uh uh uh, shit, uh, shit, shit. uh yeah. Ro- Roxo <laughs> oh, Dr. Roxo
3: oh, Roxo I do cocaine Oh yo, maybe we should do that I'm so
1: done. <laughs> um <laughs> th- 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 if we weren't if we were doing cartoons in general, like metal occlusive like, would have been close to my number one. It's, uh, hands out. Yeah, I i don't want to do
2: like two thousand <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: Um, no, but they can find me on, um, anchor at, uh, anxiety and I, or they can find me on Facebook, Jacob Alexander. Oh, um, I, oh. The only one I love the confidence. Too, so, um, no.
2: <laughs> Oh, oh word. Ooh, I love it.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, usually they find me, um, Somewhere on the comments. Sweet of, man uh,
0: uh, and then the Mr. J Rant. So, where can people find you if they <laughs> want to talk to you about X-Men the anime series or uh, or Doug or okay, you know what? I want to get your I Ooh. wanted to get your before you give your your thoughts, did you like when they moved it from Nickelodeon to Disney and made their version of Doug?
2: Nah, I really, no. I, I think it failed, man. I think it was just like everything. Doug was Nickelodeon, Nickelodeon was Doug, and it just had a weird, different twist to it. I don't know what it was, but I couldn't put my finger on yeah. it, and it, it resonates to me as the Doug that I loved on Nickelodeon. I don't Dude, know how you guys feel about
0: Same year. I, I think it was a product of Disney, and think yeah. Disney was just Sorry. throwing out shit at, the garage <laughs> at that time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, definitely. So I don't know, but I mean, I don't know how I could follow up, you know, Mister Jacob Alexander with that, with that defining swag. <laughs> um, yeah. So if <laughs> if y'all want to talk about Doug and Rugrats, you know, y'all can hit me up on my Instagram is underscore j Ras My Twitter LibraFeels underscore. But if anybody listening to this is a wrestling fan, you can check us out at EWA podcast that has a Facebook that has an Instagram that has a Twitter and all, you know, that's all wrestling talk right there. And it's on Spotify podcast with the bean, bean pod, Google podcast, everything, you know, if you like your wrestling and stuff like that, go check that out. I'm out there with um, Val doing our thing. If you like MMA, check out the more Chronicles as well. That has a Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, it's all over on every podcast platform so you know if you like your mmas your little more locks and your americanas check that out um video game talk yeah you can check me out on last switch gaming where jake and val you know pop up out there as well doing our thing talking about video games um i don't know yeah you get me up those if you want to talk and if you do uh uh, I'm just, you know, just to fuck, fuck, fuck with Jake and stuff like that. If you search me up on Instagram and Facebook, <laughs> I'll be the guy that pops up with the emoji with the prosthetic. <laughs> so, that, that I can't me. be any yeah. of that right
0: there. From prosthetics, <laughs> that, it looks right, like bro. I just... Uh, <laughs> I feel like Bronx the dog now. If you if you look me up, Val system, you're going to find Bronx the dog it's comparisons, lookalikes, you know. I do stunt work for him sometimes. You know. <laughs> yeah, you're, like, you're like, this Marvel's big ass. You leave Lockjaw right. alone. <laughs> but they'll put that as my main picture now. Just Lockjaw oh, showing no. up there. With his fork <laughs> on top of his head. Um, y'all can find me uh, on Twitter at School or um, on uh, Instagram <laughs> at Valsco School as well, too. Pop Culture Fanatics is on every podcast platform um, where Jake and, of course, Jay on as, as much as I want them to because they're fantastic co-hosts. They're fantastic what they do. They bring the banter. Uh, so please rate, review and subscribe. All the other podcasts that Jay mentioned as well too, please rate, re- review, and subscribe. And of course, for anxiety, anxiety and I, please rate, re- review, and subscribe to those as well too, um, guys. This has been fucking fantastic. Uh, we need to get out of the nineties. We need to take off our our mood rings. We need to um, um, take off our chokers. You know. <laughs> sure
1: our
0: our our parachute (laughs) pants
1: our our, parachute pants (laughs) that look
0: up to our fucking uh, belt buckle you know (laughs) and um, get get back to reality for where we are I know we love the 90s but we're gonna get back to where we are right now guys this has been a fantastic episode I appreciate you Mm -hmm. both for being on until the next one guys (laughs) later guys